Why is there body horror in this? Why? We didn't need it at all. Adolescence is wall-to-wall body horror and you know it. Welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club number 38, Christie's Mystery Admirer. Did either of you guys read this as a kid? Yes. I thought I hadn't, but then I read it and I definitely had. What did you remember? The the Three Stooges Cheerleaders. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a couple of the incidents during the, the big baseball game mm-hmm. and also the disastrous baseball game really rung bells. But like the bit one that I was like, no, I know I just didn't. This doesn't just seem familiar because similar things happen in every baseball game. <laughs> let's face it, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, was the, uh, the, the three Stooges cheer- cheerleaders for sure. <laughs> what about you, Karen? Uh, lots of minor things that I, uh, lots of minor things happened that I recall. Um but it's i think it's particularly details um i uh remembered weirdly the bit about christy sort of idly remarking that their paper girl um has incredible aim um and either <laughs> she walks the paper to the door or she like is yeah it should be pitching for the i don't know <laughs> or she has great aim basically <laughs> i'm very tired i'm sorry um so uh i remembered that and um a few a few other things that happen in this book that are just really specific um i remember the halloween costumes at the end which christy wears to the dance they're so fun don't want to spoiler those yes they're a lot no, of fun we, we won't spoiler them yet but i love them yes and shannon's horrified reaction to um christy's announcement that she's going to wear this particular halloween costume <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i remembered actually I recognised it because you had mentioned it beforehand. You had mentioned Mm. these costumes in a previous episode and I had not actually seen them. And I was like, oh, this is what Karen was talking about. (laughs) Oh, was this your first time reading it, Esther? Yes, this was my first time. Um, So I was unprepared for the twists and turns of the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Were you? Well, I had my doubts, actually. Cool. Yeah, I, I suspected someone else other than the actual culprit. I was like, is this a misdirect or... Yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I had an incorrect notion that Alan Gray was in some way to blame. Uh, and was so like, did does she go to the dance with Alan Gray at the end? Because um, that just seemed, it seemed more and more unlikely as the book went on. And then it turns out <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of that, something else entirely. Um, I, I think she goes another year. Yeah. <laughs> she may have like given him like a, a pity date in a previous book, I think. I think so. And kind of regretted it. <laughs> she definitely has. Yeah. And I think she has gone to the Halloween hop with him, possibly on another occasion. I'm not <laughs> sure. A different Halloween that took place in the same year. This is our yeah. third Halloween hop. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, this this is the one where we're like, okay, the time warp is real now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really real. And it's fine. We just have to accept it. <laughs> yeah. And we do, but we're still going to make fun of it. That's fair. Y- yes. Yeah. I was intrigued by the notion of... Um, the, of a mystery admirer, whereas just the straight up presence of too many boys and similar boy crazy older boy type, you know, I was yeah. like, oh no, God, I suppose, 
the, and, and the title doesn't tell you much about the gender of the admirer. So like maybe that was the problem. It was just like, because <laughs> uh, there, there's some there's some good, you know, queer subtext in this one. There uh, certainly yeah. is. Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't think that was what I was looking for in a Babysitter's Club book <laughs> as, like, as a preteen. Um, but like it was it was fun to read. Um I think mysteries are more fun than admirers, basically. That's true. Yes, the mystery was the good part about this, for sure. And yeah. I think all the, the ones where there are boys up front in the title, someone is probably going to make a fool of themselves. Very um, true. There, there was, it, it's really signalling some upcoming cringe, which a mystery admirer, you could potentially keep your dignity. Yeah, Christy, yeah. Christy maintains her dignity through this, I think. She actually does, yeah. She does a good job. She maintains what dignity she has. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. very clear. <laughs> her presidential demeanour is uh, is not um, compromised. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, covers. Um, I like what we have in the covers because the two artists are painting the same scene. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy comparing their two different takes on this. Um. So the American cover, we have Christy and Shannon standing in Christy's doorway, looking very excitedly at some love letters while David Michael is like looming over Christy's shoulder, trying to get the letters out of her hand. Um, It's fine. Uh, Christy looks a little old. When my husband saw this cover, he asked if she was meant to be one of the mothers. (laughs) I was like, no, she's just a very frumpy 13 year old. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I, I see why, but I also can buy it as just an oddly drawn 13 year old yeah what is the pattern it looks like the microsoft logo that's on the jumper <laughs> like little windows <laughs> yeah yeah it looks if they were all gold if it's like a kind of horrible mashup of a designer brand label like louis vuitton or something <laughs> but the microsoft windows logo <laughs> it looks to me like it's sort of meant to be like an argyle diamond pattern kind of thing um, but he yeah. just didn't do very many of the diamonds. Yeah, this this looks like a bit of a rush job. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. To be honest. It's I not his like best work. There's some no. loving detail devoted to, like, Shannon's knees. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But the, <laughs> the rest of them... The shading is perfect. David Michael's feet kind of blend into the background. <laughs> yeah, Shannon's knees are in, like, HD. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is a little slapdash. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, you know, we're nitpicking here. Yeah. We are. It's fine. I I feel I need to clarify, though, when we say David Michael is looming over her shoulder, he is in fact considerably shorter than her and is sort of grabbing her shoulder and stretching past her to try to grab them. Mm -hmm. Um, Looming over sounds like he's suddenly grown a lot. Well, he's not that much shorter than her. She is small. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's on his tiptoes. That's true. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. He's small, but he's also like five years younger than her. There's mm-hmm. only so much being short can sort of hold you back when your siblings are that much younger than you. I mean, I was short, but I was still considerably taller than my four years younger brother. Okay. Because he was four years younger. <laughs> All so right. I got away with it. If we're, if we're talking about heights, I, I'm looking at the length of Shannon's thigh bone. Um, and it's too long I'm sorry (laughs) something has gone wrong here you raise an excellent point Shannon is actually the slender man except disguised (laughs) as a a blonde preppy like 
neighbor. I'm very concerned about it. The slender girl. The slender man in a private school uniform. Yes. Yeah. That makes it worse, not better. Yes, it does. The slender family have moved into the millionaire district and they're just trying to blend in. That's terrifying. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hodges wasn't on his best game. Not on his mm. best. He's realised that um he's he's got some um serious competition in the UK cover art stakes over the last two books and it's like he's getting in his head he's been kind of psyched out yeah that's it <laughs> yeah yeah valid okay we'll he's nervous head cannot accept it <laughs> the British cover is it's the same scene it's Christian Shannon minus David Michael in the doorway looking in the general vicinity of some <laughs> letters this artist struggles with eye lines mm-hmm. um Christy is gazing transfixed sort of over a letter. (laughs) Shannon is kind of looking more at us, the viewer. (laughs) She she could probably see the letter in her peripheral vision because her (laughs) eyes are kind of quite sideways, but really she's looking at us. Yeah, Yeah, she's she's lined up a hilarious prank that's about to hit Christy in a minute. Um, yes. And she's she's watching to see what our reaction is going to be. Yeah. Is the kind of vibe she's given. She looks conniving. And that is absolutely not the vibe of her in this book. Like, she's mm. supportive and helpful throughout, but she does not look <laughs> like that on this. I will also say that the word rictus comes to mind when I look at both of their grades. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the models for this picture had to stand there for a long time. <laughs> yes. It's like... Hey, hey, UK cover art artist, did you know you could take a photo of them and paint from the photo? <laughs> no, I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, Christy is just gazing in a weird, unfocused way. And she's, yeah, she's both way too excited by these letters and not looking at them at all. Uh, she's way yeah. too excited by whatever it is she can see. Over the letter, in the distance. Or in her imagination. The vibe I'm getting is that she's um, conducting a cult ritual because uh, <laughs> she's holding them both up and staring into the distance. Um, like, sorry, she's holding an envelope in each hand. Yeah. And it looks like she's about to bless somebody with them. Behold the letter. Behold the envelope. Exactly. <laughs> Together, these items, I bring the power of the mystery admirer to this circle. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> She's finally getting to be a medium, just like she always wanted. <laughs> yeah. I miss LARP, guys. I think I miss LARP a lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I feel like nobody covers themselves with glory, but Hodges wins for the lack of overt weirdness this week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I quite like the, the cartoony style of the UK cover um and yeah. I will say I'm like glad to see somebody anybody finally commit to a team that Christy might be supporting because she is wearing a Chicago Bears shirt. I yes, know. I was about to say that like an actual sports team branded mm-hmm. top. <laughs> it's pink for some reason which I don't think Christy would have gone for but maybe someone got it for her. Maybe it was faded or something. My headcanon is that it was white and it ran in the wash because yeah. the text and logo Perfect. are in red. It has that vibe. Perfectly yeah. plausible. Or like Christy put it in the wash with her red turtleneck because she doesn't care that much. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's got blue stripes on the arm, which I think are a much more natural 
match with a white yeah. sweatshirt than yeah. a pink one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Kaka- the Chicago Bears don't play in pink. I'm no. just throwing a guess out there. Yeah, I think this is an unintentional I mean, pink shirt. They yeah. might, but they probably don't. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> don't <right>. add us. <laughs> we also don't know what sport they play and don't care to know. <laughs> it's a team for team sports. Go team. Exactly. Go team. Yeah, someone has committed her to a specific sport other than mm-hmm. peewee softball, and we respect them for that. <laughs> okay, I gotta know. Thank you, because I was gonna... I'm pretty sure it's football. Uh, the... <laughs> the... Football, okay, I read several headlines before I worked that out. <laughs> it is football. <laughs> um, their logo is accurate, but um, they do not, as we already established play in pink it appears to be navy yeah. as of 2022 <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked to hear that yeah they were only in the nfl championships in 1986 <laughs> you're on the wikipedia page now aren't you no i'm on the the panel on the front page oh, yeah. of google which is far less accurate <laughs> um, yeah. far less reliable of a source than wikipedia is so yeah no i could be right i could be wrong i don't know <laughs> anyway, there's a real sports team now. Yeah, yeah. Stony Brook does know that other that, that sports teams exist. That's good to know. The Chicago Bears are officially canon. It took the UK cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, right, I'm going to investigate and find out the name of an American sports team. Just yeah. one, Annie would do. <laughs> this was yeah, and this was like before the internet, so that would have been literally like ring your cousin in like Chicago. Like someone around going, does anyone, do I know anyone who has any sort of American sports jersey? Yeah. Or t-shirt? And then they found, which is why that thing is like eight sizes too big for Christy and Pink, probably. Because <laughs> it's just whatever one they could find to dress the model in. I, I like this. This is, um, yeah. yeah, this is a lot of work that the artist went to. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm changing my vote. British artist wins because they did research. <laughs> yeah, cool. I just, you know, turned up and did one of his oil paintings and it's reliable quality and stuff, but the British artist went to some weird amounts of effort and even if everyone's eyes are all jacked up, <laughs> I respect the research that went into this cover. Look, Hooray. like I said in the group text, maybe they're just really high. They do look <laughs> extremely high. It would be that. <laughs> My own headcanon is accepted now. <laughs> Thank yes. you, I accepted that. <laughs> Aoife, do you want to give us a one-sentence summary of this convoluted mystery? The Crushers and the Bashers have a big game coming up, and Christy keeps getting letters that are first romantic and then super creepy from a mystery admirer, and it's throwing off her off her game. Very hmm. good. Yep. That, that just about covers it. So yeah, we start with... There's a lot of sports in this. so a lot. <laughs> we might get through it quite fast, because, you know, we... Don't talk about the sports a lot. But the time we save on not talking about sports, we like lose by telling people not to add us about sports. That's true. So. It's true. We are kind of performative in our lack of talk about sports. We won't talk about it, jeans. That's a it's promise. a performance-based medium. We won't talk about jeans. We won't talk about parsnips. We will talk yeah. about the fact that we don't like sports. That is true. How would you do a podcast without being performative? Yeah, it would be very boring. It would be just like the three of us silently reading to ourselves and occasionally going, huh, when we see a line that we like. 
I do mean that we are specifically performative about the fact that we don't talk about sports as opposed to merely not talking about them. I'm willfully <laughs> construing what you're saying for comic effect. <laughs> We're just going fully behind the scenes here. <laughs> I'm just saying we've now spent maybe another minute not talking about sports. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's let's talk about something other than sports or the lack of sports. So yeah, they're playing baseball and things seem to be going badly. No, they're playing softball. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> we decided that baseball, softball and rounders are basically the same thing. It's fine. I don't think it counts as adding you if I do it with my voice. It's not adding you, that's just talking to you. Go outside and touch grassy for Meanings change, Esther. <laughs> Don't be a prescriptivist. Don't invoke language change. Don't you dare. Fight, 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 fight. Do not cite the deep magic to me. Okay. Our mom and mom done now. Can we... uh, Can we we read some book? Okay, let's read some book. Okay, we'll read some book. All right. The Crushers and the Bashers are playing the sports. Christy is telling us what's going on that their kids aren't very good and Gabby's only two and a half and she plays with the wiffle ball and the bat and Christy says she has a crush on Bart Taylor which is the first time she's fully admitted this to herself and us. I did have highlighted that with uh, in, in terms of Gabby she does point out you know what she's a pretty good hitter for her age I'm actually really sick of the Mary Sue's that are the Perkinses at this stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, yep. They're becoming like ridiculous and I I kind of love it because every time it comes up, I know that you guys are going to be mad about it when we discuss yep. the book. Super mad. I I think it's just that she has a very inaccurate notion of the age that these girls are. And they're just all at least two years older than she thinks they are. Anne is yeah. not good on child development, I think. Not, not really, no. <laughs> Which is pretty hilarious for someone who wrote over a hundred books about childcare. <laughs> But whatever, oh. we won't at her. We all have our <laughs> things we don't wish to know more about. It. Um, so yes, this game is historic because for the first time, the Crushers beat the Bashers. Uh, they have never beaten them before. They're mm-hmm. all ecstatic. Um, the Bashers are severely disadvantaged because one of their <laughs> players has chicken pox, one is out of town, and two have been benched for fighting each other. So the that. Bashers are very <laughs> on brand. The Bashers continue to be kind of trash. Yeah, this is very... Um... As you say, Ombrad, this is a... Sorry. My comment did not add anything. (laughs) Sorry. That doesn't stop me, Karen. Yeah, that never stops any of us. I was was gearing up to say it, and then you said, this is very Ombrad to the Bashers, and I was like, but... (laughs) But then I had started. Yeah, but basically, yeah. The Bashers are trash, as you say. Trash the Bashers. (laughs) They're the trashers. The trashers. Ooh, yes. We could use that. <laughs> if the cheerleaders were mm-hmm. a bit more like vicious, they could use it in a cheer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very supportive cheerleaders. Yes. Anyway, after the game, um, Bart turns up to walk Christy home, and Christy is very excited by this, but she's also a little bit nervous. She's afraid that he might be mad at her for beating his team, but he's like supportive and encouraging. Then he tells her a fun anecdote about what happened in the locker room at his school. And she's appalled at the idea of finding out what happens in a boy's locker room. But it turns out that what happens in a boy's locker room is property damage. So it's fine. 
<laughs> Someone called Ox has been swinging from the pipes and the pipe broke and everybody got soaked. Uh, this seems extremely plausible. This seems very much like what goes on in boys' locker rooms. This, yep. it, this feels very like I could picture it happening in our school and then everybody being hauled out and given out to en masse by teachers, even though yes. the culprit was already identified, just in case they thought we might have another go at <laughs> swinging from the, the pipes again. Exactly. Even though like, it very obviously backfired in a you've been caught and there is no doubt about this in your massive trouble way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a teacher, um, they had to sit down and be like, what's the requisite amount of giving out that the students need after this incident? We have to deliver it, even if the culprit is in A&E at the moment, <laughs> to like give out to everybody else who was there. Yes, exactly. Um, Christy actually mentions playing a specific other sport. She tells a field hockey anecdote. And mm. then they talk about the fact that they have to wear skirts playing field hockey. And Bart speculates that Christy might look pretty in a skirt. Uh, they are both embarrassed by this conversation. <laughs> As they should be. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cute. It is. Uh, we get more Stacy foreshadowing. Christy tells Bart that she's a bit worried about Stacy because Stacy doesn't seem too well these days. Uh, Stacy is continuing to have the most heavily foreshadowed diabetes crisis in diabetic history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a Guinness World Record leading <laughs> foreshadowing episode. I, like, I can't think of another series where anything has been foreshadowed in this many books. Nothing else in these books has been had the, half as much groundwork laid for it. Like this, yeah, Even the stuff that had reasonable groundwork yeah, laid for it, yeah. it wasn't like this many books worth of it. Yeah, like it'd be kind of two or three books somebody's parents would yeah. split up or someone would move. Yeah, you that, and that's always done very well, but yeah. Like, we've got some groundwork for future stuff in this, but, like, it's for two or three books down the line, yeah. (laughs) I guess, we comment on this a lot, but I guess chronic illnesses are chronic. (laughs) I mean, I I guess they are, but, like... I think it's really realistic (laughs) that, you know, Stacey's insulin and blood sugar levels are kind of gone a bit out of whack, Mm. and it's taking them ages to work out the right amounts of insulin that she needs to be taking and like it makes a lot of sense it's just weird for these books yes <laughs> it's it's weird plotting it's established almost the level that like you know claudia making her own jewelry is established it's more become a fact <laughs> yes. about stacy than a, a signal of yes. something that's to come it's just like yeah stacy's feeling kind of shit right now <laughs> not just stacy has diabetes it's stacy has diabetes and it, she's not doing so well right now yeah yeah it's if I didn't know better, I would think Stacy was going to die in a few books. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually think they were setting that up. I, I suspect Stacy's emergency is not going to be as transformative as we're being hyped up for. But like, <laughs> I would absolutely think she was dying. We also get the revelation that Bart's in a band. Yes. Um, He plays guitar. Electric, acoustic, any kind. <laughs> that's uh, two kinds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, those are the kinds of guitar, really. Yeah. Also, it suggests that he's not really an expert. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. He can kind of bash away at any of them. He probably knows three chords. That's that's all you need. <laughs> exactly. Is enough. Also, they're not very good because nobody will let them practice because nobody <laughs> likes listening to them practice. <laughs> this is very cute and very uh, realistic. Um, also, Christy is like, so have you had any, what are they called? And Bart's like, gigs. <laughs> um, these kids are very young. <laughs> yes. So off they go. They have engaged in mild flirting. Um, it's all, it's all in good fun. I thought that was lovely and wholesome, that whole thing. 
Yes, it and it shows great emotional maturity in Bart that um, Christy has known him for a while and he hasn't mentioned the band yet. Yeah. Unless the band is brand new and he's just like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm in a band. Yeah, I definitely didn't just form it this weekend. Uh, but yeah, did I tell you I was in a band? <laughs> I'm in a band, by which I mean I got a guitar five days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not very good because we haven't practiced at all because no one will let us practice. It does speak very well of him, yes. A, that he hasn't mentioned it before, and B, that he admits they're not very good. That's a lot more maturity than many much older people have shown. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, we we have established that he is not a sore loser, and like, Mm. he's not miffed at Christy for beating him, which I think is an important character detail for later. Yeah, he seems like a very nice boy. He does. So Christy goes home. Uh, she tells us all about her family and everyone else's family. Uh, there's not much new here, although I love that she describes Nanny as her special grandmother who doesn't act like a grandmother at all. She goes bowling, wears pants and has tons of friends. <laughs> pants, you say? Like Outrageous. No grandmother could wear pants. Is Anne remembering what her grandmother was like? Because... I mean... It's the 90s. Grandmothers can wear pants. My grandmother wouldn't have been seen dead in pants as it happens. I mean, trousers. <laughs> Just to be. I assume she wore underwear. Neither of mine would either, but our grandmothers were I- Irish mm. and grew up in Ireland. And perhaps if they had been in America, they might have worn trousers. Yeah. Yeah. Irish old ladies were very old. Like, I'm sure my Irish grandmother never owned a pair of trousers in her life, but my Mm. American grandmother would definitely have worn trousers by 1990. Mm. And perhaps today. (laughs) I just think that really sucks on grandmothers. It's like having friends is not something they do. I know. Neither are hobbies. Like, yeah. She's not out at raves. Like, she's going bowling and has friends. (laughs) She just has a life. That's all. The bar is set so low. Yeah, I feel terrible for everyone else's grandmothers in this. I'd excuse the bowling because a bowling ball can be quite heavy and depending on the age of your grandmother, that might be a more challenging physical activity. But like many grannies have be- have like hobbies. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, she's probably been bowling since the 50s. Like everyone bowled back then. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. probably amazing at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we also get a little bit of foreshadowing uh, because Christy mentions that Marianne has, of course, a steady boyfriend, but she thinks he and Marianne have been having some problems lately, which is the first we've heard of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some foreshadowing. She also says that she and Marianne will never get their ears pierced. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak for Marianne. I'm not sure how Marianne would feel about that. Yeah. I wonder if Christy is like picked up on, isn't the... the um. Marianne and Logan had that big fight when the um, the girls were stuck on the island and there was a, yeah. a miscommunication. Oh, that's true. And Marianne and Logan weren't talking um, because <laughs> Logan felt that Marianne should put their relationship as a higher priority than worrying about her family and friends who were stuck on an island and possibly <laughs> drowned for all Marianne knew. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not Logan's finest hour. Yeah, maybe Christy noticed some of that. <laughs> I think Marianne is like, oh, it's fine. Everything's great. And Christy's like, I think they've been having some problems, actually. (laughs) 
Hey, Marianne, are you having some problems? How about now? How about now? (laughs) It's fine, Christy. (laughs) We also get a historic moment because we are told that Claudia is a fantastic artist and her work is incredibly distant, which Christy says is a word that she and her friends made up to mean super cool. Then she uses the word distant a lot in the next few paragraphs. <laughs> and then forgets about it for the rest of the book. Yeah. We are told that Stacy is categorically the most distant. I love this. Um, as as a child reading this book, I fully accepted that distant was a word that they made up and used regularly. Um, I did not realise that it was it had been made up seconds before this book was written. <laughs> um, <laughs> Clearly. Um, and I got the impression, I think they may persist in trying to make distant happen in later books as well it's just that yeah this is definitely the first fresh has happened before um yeah but uh no this is this is like it went from zero to distant really fast in this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah that is a vital piece of lore Mm -hmm. and we're all very happy to see that rear its ugly head there's a couple of things that uh, cropped up for me in this Mm -hmm. one where um uh, Christy has swallowed the Kool Aid about Claudia. Um, which yeah. is the, the thing about Claude is that she's smart, but she doesn't apply herself, as her teachers are always pointing out. That's not Claudia's situation. Claudia no. works incredibly hard, as we have seen in other books. Like yes. she does extra classes and things. She's not not applying herself. She's probably dyslexic. <laughs> yes. Like, like yeah, I guess I guess <sighs> teachers putting a label on you is fairly. I mean. We see that when Claudia does the extra work and applies herself, she scrapes her grades up slightly. Hmm. Yeah, why would you bother? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's when she does do the extra work, the extra homework, the extra classes. Like, we're not seeing her suddenly become an A, A and B student because she's just lazy and doesn't bother the rest of the time. We're seeing her go to way extra effort to get, like, C's and maybe a B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For which her parents are like, Ugh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. She's no Janine. The other one that just struck me as super cute is that um, Emily Michelle comes into the den um, while uh, Christy is in there at some point in the scene where she's thinking wildly mm-hmm. <laughs> about her family and friends. <laughs> and she says, she came in to watch Sesame Street. She can't tell time, but somehow she always knows when the show is on. Like, there's just lots of cute little details in this where characters yeah. are allowed to do things um, that kind of show a bit more about who they are. Um, and like, yes, I love um, I love Emily being like, Sesame Street time. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I also think that zoning out and montaging about her friends while half watching Sesame Street is the most realistic montage activity we've seen. Definitely, like, it's yes. so much better than cycling down a busy road or <laughs> holding a casserole or whatever. <laughs> like, this is actually a situation where you might zone out and think about your friends and their lives mm-hmm. and who wears a bra and who has pierced ears. <laughs> also, Christy mentions that she misses her dad because he makes no effort to keep in touch with her. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Fuck you, Patrick. She also mentions that she thinks boys are dweebs, except for Bart, Logan and the boys she sits for. Uh, even her 15-year-old brother Sam is a dweeb. I think the implication is that Charlie is not a dweeb, so good for Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, she she was singing Charlie's praises in the first mm. chapter, so yeah. I think Charlie maybe is old enough to not be a boy anymore. Yeah, I think he I has crossed over into like quasi-adult territory. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> There is a bit later on where um, it, they... 
they mention um, the arrangement whereby he is paid to drive her to and from the Vaser's Club, which is fine. But then uh, after one of the meetings, she gets in the car and says, he wouldn't drive me until I paid him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which seems like unusually kind of extortion-y for Charlie, who generally <laughs> seems to be very, like, looking out for his little sister. So I have to assume that his dealer is on his case again. That's it. Yeah. Uh, also, there is a vicious diss on Charlie's car at the start of the next chapter. Where Christy is so like, good. <laughs> it was almost time for a Monday club meeting and Charlie had just dropped me off at Claudia's in his car. Car is in fucking scare quotes. <laughs> I love Poor that. Charlie. It's it's super subtle as well. Like she she doesn't, she has clearly already dissed the car at some point during the book, but like she's yeah. particularly rude about it just here with no, nothing except for scare quotes. Not elaborating. It's just a car. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it has four wheels and it goes somewhere. I guess there is technically an engine in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's kind of seats, but like, <laughs> don't look too closely at them. <laughs> also, Christy, in a beautiful moment of not being oblivious to other people's lives and needs, has remembered about Claudia's broken leg this time. Uh, which I cheered at because she often does not remember Claudia's broken leg, but we have leg break continuity today. Uh, So they have their meeting. Christy mentions that she likes to sit in the director's chair because it makes her feel tall, which is very cute. (laughs) She tells us all about how the club works, blah, blah, blah. Uh, She hates to admit it, but Stacy is almost as smart at math as Janine. I don't know why she hates (laughs) to admit it. That seems a bit unnecessary. Yeah, that seemed really mean-spirited. Yes. Like, I don't want to compliment Stacy. I already called her distant. Is that not enough? <laughs> I know it's more. Um, Christy seems genuinely quite terrified of Janine. Yes, the others sort of make fun of her, but Christy actively avoids her in case she might have to have a conversation in which she doesn't know what Janine is saying. So she doesn't want to tar Stacy with the Janine brush. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yes. That makes way more sense. I like it. Yeah, we also get the detail that um. Because Dawn is only alternate officer and she doesn't usually have much to do at meetings, they let her answer the phone a lot, which made me feel sorry for Dawn. (laughs) There's so many undercurrents going on here, like about the roles and things. You get a slightly different version in every book. These are all Gen Xers, not millennials. They're not afraid to answer the phone. Oh, yes, that's true. Because they never had text messages. But it's just such a, like, here's some busy work you don't have a meaningful task so like answer the phone so you feel valued i noticed in the previous book dawn was really like oh yeah my role as alternate officer is really important Um, i've done everybody's job except christy's because she never misses meeting but someday i'll get to be the president too christy's like yeah we let her we let her do like the reception yeah mind you christy does also say dawn's job can be hard since she has to know everyone's duties I think it's more of a, like, in the day-to-day, she doesn't have a ton to do. When she does, whoa. (laughs) It just feels very patronising to me. It does, Yes. I appreciated that. (laughs) Yes, she explains that uh, Shannon and Logan don't attend because Shannon's busy and Logan is embarrassed to sit in a girl's room. uh, (laughs) At which I rolled my eyes. (laughs) Logan is not at his best in this book. No. Uh, well, it could it could also be like, yeah, this is this is what Christy assumes is going on in Logan's head. <laughs> um, also possible. 
Then Christy gets home and David Michael says that Shannon has been phoning for her with uh, something urgent and mysterious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is just delightful, like, 80s, 90s phone business in this mm-hmm. that gave me such a warm <laughs> glow of nostalgia. So Christy needs some privacy. So she gets the cordless phone, which they have because they're millionaires, <laughs> and she takes it into a closet that people hardly ever use and calls Shannon from there. But they can hardly hear each other because the signal in the closet is so bad, even with the phone antenna stretched out as far as it'll go. But it's, yeah. So why didn't she use her bedroom? She doesn't have a phone in her bedroom. It's a cordless phone. Yeah, but that's probably even further away. Yeah, she probably still has to be downstairs. Oh, God. Okay. You need to be near the base station. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't have a cordless phone at this time period. Neither did we, but... Before we got a cordless phone eventually when they became more like ubiquitous, some of my friends, they had a cordless phone that would have been maybe only a year or two after this. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) Like, I used to just be like, could you get off the cordless? I can't hear you. (laughs) All the time. It It was like having a conversation in a snowstorm every time. Basically, not being an early adopter of new tech is always the way forward. (laughs) Christy is in the cupboard, uh, desperately yelling at Shannon on the cordless phone. (laughs) In privacy. (laughs) In privacy, yes. Um, And Shannon says that she has a piece of mysterious post addressed to Christy that ended up in her mailbox by accident. And it's covered in heart stickers and flower stickers. Mm -hmm. Um, Christy is absolutely astonished. Shannon cannot tell what she's saying (laughs) and (laughs) begs her to get out of the cupboard. Actually, no, sorry. Shannon begs Christy to come out of the closet and Christy refuses. (laughs) And any subtext is purely coincidental. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shannon agrees to come over after dinner and bring the letter so that they can figure out what's going on. Christy is very excited and mystified. Mm -hmm. Um... Shannon turns up, uh, we get a lengthy description of Shannon and what she looks like and how interesting she is. She's not gorgeous looking like Dawn or attractive like Stacy, but she's very interesting. She looks like Meryl Streep. She has beautiful eyes and her nose is almost too cute. I would just like to say that we have mm-hmm. no idea what Bart looks like. We don't even <laughs> yeah. know what colour hair he has. We do not know the first fucking thing about what Bart looks like. We know everything about Shannon's appearance. Bart is probably a white guy because otherwise we'd have heard. Yeah. But apart from that, that's all we get. (laughs) I think most of the other boys in the novels are like generally described in terms of like, we know what race they are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know Logan looks like Cam Geary, but we don't know what Cam Geary looks like. We don't know what Cam Geary looks like. (laughs) We know know Logan has blonde hair. Does he? Yeah, he has fair hair. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. That's all we know. We don't even know that much about Bert, but uh, Shannon is described <laughs> in great detail. She looks great. <laughs> you know, the only thing that um, Jane Austen says in terms of description of Darcy is mm-hmm. that he's tall. Or oh, yeah, I know that. more specifically, he's taller than um, Bingley, Bingley is. That's the, literally the only thing about him. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, like 
Mrs. Bennet thinks he's super handsome when she's into him. And then when he snubs her daughter, he's like, she's like, no, he's super ugly. How could I ever have thought he was handsome? Like, I like that. It's just like, read whatever you want to into the situation. You're never going to know. Very few people get described in any detail. Yeah, that's like that's true. We don't know what colour Elizabeth's hair is. We know exactly what Jane looks like because Jane Austen went to a... Um, a gallery uh, somewhere and was like oh I've seen a picture that looks just like Jane it's this one and we know which one it is oh, wow. and, yeah. yeah and she actually is the image of the actress they cast in the 95 BBC adaptation which yes. I'm pretty sure is deliberate yeah they they got somebody who looked super like that picture nice. uh, but yeah no we don't know what Elizabeth looks like just her sister <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah we we also know that Shannon wants a nose job to straighten her nose out but her parents say no uh, they aren't strict. They just think she should wait until she's an adult before she makes a decision like that. This yep. speaks very highly of Shannon's parents. <laughs> yes. They're not getting what? their 13-year-old cosmetic surgery. Like, I love that Christy feels she has to point out that like this isn't because they're super strict. It's like, yeah. no, it's because they're normal and sane. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. My um, reference point for nose jobs then and now I still know almost nothing about them except that there is a key point in the Adams family values where they're um yes yes uh Wednesday is at camp and um enough of the other girl campers have had nose jobs that when she tells a horror story in which the next morning they wake up and all their old nose jobs had grown back they're all terrified so um i assume that if you're a camper in your mid-teens you might have had it done if you were very wealthy and waspy between clueless and the adams family values i really did think cosmetic surgery was something teenagers just got yeah that everyone would be getting nose jobs by the time we were 15 but like not so much well i think it always made sense for me to like triangulate um the mean blondes at the adams family values (laughs) camp and Shannon was <laughs> so like, no, that yeah, tracks. I don't expect sure. that like Dawn and Stacy and Marianne are getting no. cosmetic surgery. Just the like, the the, the plastics. As uh, the, yeah. And um, I mean, the girls in Clueless are all like super rich as well. And they yes, yes, live exactly. in LA. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not meant to be average teens. They're not as actively horrible, um, but they are definitely like, they're, they do things differently there. <laughs> yes. I mean, they all have cell phones. Crazy. Yeah, no, that was insane for 1994. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to watch that and have to remind yourself that that was meant to be a visual gag rather than just like people going mm-hmm. about their business. <laughs> anyway, so Christy and Shannon examine the letter. Um, it's covered in hearts and flowers. Uh, the the I in Christy's name is dotted with a tiny heart sticker, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. Stationary. I know. <laughs> They put so much effort into the stationery. Just shout out to the uh, mystery admirer for um, putting this much effort into it. Yes, um, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Uh, Christy very quaintly says that the letter is typewritten or maybe word processed on white paper. And <laughs> yes. those look different. You can tell the difference. Christy should be able to tell the difference because later on in this book, we see her using a computer like a giant nerd yeah they have a home computer at home (laughs) they have a home computer like the fabulously wealthy millionaires they are three toaster (laughs) ovens and a home computer (laughs) decadence so the note says dear christy i think you're beautiful and you're the nicest girl i know i would like to go steady with you i wish i could tell you this in person love your mystery admirer 
Um, Shannon squeeze and thinks this is incredibly romantic. Mm-hmm. And Christy is impressed that Shannon is impressed because Shannon is almost as sophisticated as Stacy and she wears makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy thinks it's probably Sam pulling a prank. Shannon's convinced that it's from Bart. So they, they hash this out and agree to disagree on it. <laughs> then Christy says, why are there hearts and flowers all over the envelope? Stacy <laughs> McGill is the only person I know who dots eyes with hearts. Boys don't do that. This looks like it's from a girl. A girl who wants to go steady with you? Christy, grow up. Bart just wanted to make the envelope look nice. Oh. <laughs> oh. Poor Christy. I just have that. A girl who wants to go steady with you? Christy, grow up. I have that just highlighted with these books were written by a lesbian. <laughs> like, that makes that line really sad. I know. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, like obviously the idea had to be ridiculous and and instantly dismissed by the characters because of society, but it's sad. Yes, it's, yeah, but also like Christy and Shannon are so mismatched as friends in this book. (laughs) Yes, they really are. Like, I'm not saying that's unrealistic. They're neighbours, so, and they're approximately the same age, but they just have the most like variant perspectives um and actually like Hodges Swallow actually really got that very well they look like like people from two different planets possibly Mars and Venus who knows um (laughs) like in the in that front cover and like Christy's like well maybe this kind of has girl vibes I'm getting girl vibes do you think this could be from a girl and Shannon's like what are you talking about that wouldn't happen how could it possibly be a mystery Girls don't write admiring notes to other girls. Girls don't fancy girls. What? It hasn't occurred to Shannon and Christy. It has occurred to Christy, obviously. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Christy is actually looking at the evidence here and being like, this is a very femme letter. And Shannon yeah. is being like, that's not how the world works. Perhaps it's not surprising that Christy's mystery admirer is somebody who has access to a femme aesthetic you know that's that's a good thing if you're gonna court christy i guess <laughs> it's it's interesting um there's there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. but yeah christy is convinced that it's a prank from sam which would be an extraordinarily cruel sibling prank like that would mm. be really really mean and i'm so glad that it didn't turn out to be that yeah um i also i don't think this is sam's style um, no like no. sam is much more of a like a a gory thumb like a plastic disembodied thumb that you put in someone's popcorn at the movies as we have previously seen he's not like i'm gonna get out the stickers and send my teenage (laughs) sister like a gushy note yes pranks are not this psychologically in depth no they're not (laughs) yeah this this would be way too sophisticated for him Mm -hmm. she then rings Bart and they have a chat. They talk about his band. They talk about teachers and stuff. Uh, there is no mention of mystery notes and mystery admirers. Uh, so that's that, she decides. I also really like Bart's little brother who answers the phone and just goes, Bart! And drops the phone and walks away. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, in this like world where like the house phone is becoming an increasingly quaint and antiquated device, like, yeah, that sort of thing is like just... that's an important part of our culture that we're losing small children with no phone manners (laughs) I remember calling the house of a boy who I had a huge crush on for an ostensibly platonic chat and his little 
sibling answered the phone and was like, who's this? And I said, it's Esther. And I heard the kid loudly go, hey, is Esther a boy or a girl? (laughs) (laughs) I call you and a girl. (laughs) The kid was like, ooh. And then it was much scuffling. (laughs) I need to know whether to say ooh or not. Literally that. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Next day, um, Stacy is... Babysitting the Perkins girls at Crusher's practice. Uh, Christy has gotten another love letter. Um, The envelope is a little less fancy. There are fewer stickers. Uh, Christy is a little bit disappointed that the eye isn't dotted with a heart this time. Uh, (laughs) How quickly we grow accustomed to these things. This note says, Dearest Christy, I can't stop thinking about you. Maybe I'm in love with you. I don't know. I've never been in love before. You are as beautiful as a snow-covered mountain. Love your mystery admirer. (laughs) Steady on, say (laughs) Shonagan. I am a little disturbed at how ready these 13-year-olds are to use the phrase in love of their feelings. (laughs) That did not seem to be a thing among my relationship-having peers. They love the drama. At that age. It's just not dramatic enough to say... It's true. I have confusing feelings about you that might be yeah. romantic. I like you. Like, I like, like you. That's yeah. not dramatic. Come on. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's fair. I mean, if you're going to write someone a letter with heart stickers on it, you kind of got to go full, I'm in love you with you. You got to say, I'm in love with you and compare <laughs> them to a snow covered mountain. Yeah, you can't be just like, I really enjoy hanging out with you. Like, it would be very disappointing. I, I hold the- you in the highest esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I think the term crush was bandied about a lot um, when I was at, at that age. But I have to say when I like it was very, very one sided among my peer group at the age of 13. We did not know what the male perspective was. I still don't know anything about 13 year old boys. <laughs> they were viewed from a distance, probably just as well. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how 13 year old how likely they are to use the word love. I think I would have been terrified. It's probably better not to sign it if you're going to commit that much. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Christy feels that the snow covered mountain analogy is a bit much, but she's mm-hmm. still quite flattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a snow covered mountain is a weird thing to compare a human being to. <laughs> And I'm like, how is Christy like an alp, though? Yeah, like pointy, vaguely <laughs> triangular, cold. I like, like, does she have a white bit and then other differently coloured bits? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she, I want to climb you. Is she covered in skiers? I don't know. Is there a little dead Stone Age guy, like, wedged between her neck and her shoulder? <laughs> some sort of ski lift endeavor (laughs) we have questions and none of them are going to be answered by this book (laughs) christy might have any of these questions and the mystery admirer would be like christy stop overthinking it okay love letters are really hard that's why i didn't put my name on them because i knew it was going to be embarrassing (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe it's for the best that christy doesn't give this detailed feedback to the author of the letters um she tells her friends all about it. Everyone is convinced that the notes are from Bart. Um, she's very excited and enjoying the mystery and the drama and the attention. And who could blame her? Mm. Then they go to Crusher's practice. Uh, Shannon has turned up because her hockey practice got cancelled. Um, so they're all hanging out together. Sports happen. 
we'll we'll discreetly skim past that. Then, yes, Christy says, uh, Bart walked me home again and you'll never guess what we've decided to do. Elope, said Stacy. <laughs> no, I was horrified. I was just kidding. I mean, because of the mystery admirer stuff. Oh, says Christy. Well, anyway, we decided to hold a World Series between the Crushers and the Bashers. <laughs> Priorities. I love it's 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 great. Um, who hasn't had that like point in time when you've had a really good joke and the person takes it seriously and is horrified and you're like, well, first of all, obviously I didn't mean that, and secondly, what, like, what a, you you ruined my comic timing. What a waste! Like. Yes, Stacey was trying to have banter and Christy is just <laughs> not looking for banter. How could you think we were going to go and get married without parental consent, Stacey? Oh, yikes. Do you really think so little of my judgment? <laughs> this is not a can of worms that she intended to open. Yeah, it is the kind of thing Stacey would threaten to do if she was in LUV, but Christy's just yeah. not like that. Yeah, Stacey's only that level of like bonkers when she's in LUV. She's like reasonably sensible the rest of the time. But somebody yeah. else's like <laughs> romance, you know, she's perfectly got uh, good judgment. Yes, that's true. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Christy and Brett have decided to hold a World Series. Uh, they had a bit of a dispute. Christy wanted to have a three game tournament between the two teams, but Bart thought that three games would be too much for the kids and they'd be stressed out and tired and stuff. So. They had a minor spat about this, but eventually uh, they decided to go for just one game. I still don't agree with him, but I gave in. At least our fight is over. First of all, Christy, don't, that's not a good... Don't no. establish that principle. That's not very presidential of you. No. It's not very presidential. It's not very Christy. And it's just, you know, if you if you believe in this, then you should stick to it. Yeah. Also, also I... I think Bart is 100% right. Like... Yes. I agree. I think three games would be too much and the kids would be like, worn out. There's a two and a half year old on that team. Claire Pike who throws has meltdowns when things go wrong is on that team. Like They're very ooh. small and they're not very good. I disagree with you guys. Really? Um, I don't think you should have three games in a row. I think you should do them on like consecutive weeks or consecutive fortnights and give everybody a chance to like chill out in between. Hmm. One game is not a series this is like Dougal having a collection that's one record <laughs> well no I don't think they should have called it the world series that was stupid it, yeah it's ex it's it's unbelievably not a world series it's exactly <laughs> the same type of one-off game that you are occasionally having already there is no difference just call it a test match and move on yeah <laughs> oh sorry uh, yeah. there is a difference there is a refreshments table you know <laughs> that's true yeah this one has artificially inflated stakes that's what's different yeah. about it <laughs> they should have got someone's dad to go out and buy a cheap tinny trophy yes yeah they should that, that would have been fine i don't know why i decided that this job goes to a dad but it seems like a daddish job <laughs> it is a dad I, job well, watson would would like love to do that if he was given the opportunity so he yeah. actually would it would. <laughs> He'd come back with something huge and engraved and Christy would be like, no, I gave you $8. <laughs> you did not need to go to like the engraving store. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I spent the $8 on this commemorative bottle of trophy polish. It'll go great with the trophy. <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, they should actually, they should get a perpetual trophy and have a little, a new little plaque put on it every game. <laughs> Who's won this one? That would be very, very cute. They should yeah. have done that. Christy's like, I still only have a budget of $8. So <laughs> Watson's like, well, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm a millionaire. You never shut up about it. So That's not it the every, point. It's mentioned every book. I can afford this. 
<laughs> you won't be a millionaire forever if you spend all your money on engraving. <laughs> it's not a good investment. <laughs> There's a specific engraving shop in Temple Bar, which I was thinking of when um just <laughs> started talking about this, um, where we got a cup engraved um when we ran a games convention in um uh, when I was in college and the games convention is traditionally called Vatican, which is like the joke. It's like Vatican, but it's a con. So it's Vatican. And um, uh, traditionally the con director was given a bottle of alcohol of some description as like a thank you by, from the committee for running the convention. Um, but this time around, this particular year, our con director didn't drink. So we're like, oh, we'll get him a nice cup and we'll get engraved. That'll be really good. Um, and we, um, so somebody was sent in to pick up the engraved cup, which was like director of uh, Vatican 13, except that um, the shop was like, oh, Vatican must be a mistake. And they had carved Vatican 13 on it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, which suggests, so I believe there has been a Vatican 1 and Vatican 2, <laughs> oh, um, no. which are full-blown Catholic hooplas. They are not um <laughs> There was a law of diminishing returns and by Vatican thirteen the franchise had really gone downhill. <laughs> there was some um scope creep <laughs> from what it originally was. Like just sitting there going, I don't even remember who the Pope is anymore, Thomas. You need to slow down. <laughs> we haven't had a Pope at this in eight conventions, like <laughs> anyway, I believe he treasures his mug. <laughs> I mean it would be a pretty great mug. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I would be happy with that too. Anyway, um, so they've Christy has grudgingly agreed to just have one game, which I agree is not a series of anything, but also won't give the kids a complex. Thank you. I just need that to be acknowledged. It's not a series, okay? That's all. I'm, all I'm saying. Calling it a world series is stupid, and I'm absolutely on board with that. But I do think, <laughs> yeah. Three three extra matches would have been a lot. And also, you did not want to read about three extra softball games and you can't pretend you did. No. Oh, God, no. Uh, but big news, Christy has asked Bart to the Halloween hop and he said he'd go with her. Um, <laughs> Stacy is uh, hilariously amused at this, which I'd be a bit miffed by <laughs> in Christy's position. But Stacy is very excited to get Christy all glammed up for it. This is our third Halloween hop. Uh, yeah, the time loop is up and running. Uh, these girls are going to be 13 forever and that's just the way it is. If, if you're going to be stuck in an endless time loop, um, have, getting to do Halloween multiple times... Uh, that's pretty good. A, an epoch is pretty good. That's the only real benefit to that. So yes. why not? Yeah. We cut to um, the school cafeteria where Christy is poking at something yellowy brown. Um, which is just very upsetting and there's no description of like size or shape or anything except that it can be picked up with a fork and it can dangle <laughs> I'm hoping it's like melty cheese that's my head canon I don't want to think too hard about what it might be otherwise I don't like to think about brown cheese but browned cheese isn't that bad but yeah it's it is forever a mystery. This is deliberately <laughs> unknowable. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. It's a sort of love craft. Ours not the reason why or what. <laughs> non Euclidean food stuff. Yeah. Uh, Christy is um, <laughs> waving it around on her fork to wind up Marianne, mm -hmm. uh, which is hilarious. And Dawn is like, I can't believe you have an admirer. <laughs> <Which is laughs> harsh but fair. Dawn is low key mad about being single. 
um, in yeah. m- multiple books. Um, well, yeah, Dom just got, you know, Oy. her heart broken by a groomer, so... <laughs> Yeah. I can understand being jealous of Christie's like extremely wholesome romantic mystery. Well, it's wholesome up to this stage, anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dawn has Lewis on on the line. That's true. <laughs> what did she complain about? They talk about babysitting. Oh, yes. There's another great diss here. Uh, <laughs> Marianne says that Mrs. Prezioso has actually bought Jenny a pair of pants. Until now, it had been hard to distinguish Jenny from lace curtains. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Also, however, continuity error. It's mm-hmm. already been established that Jenny does have some play clothes, which includes pants. True, but maybe she's outgrown those old ones and now she's actually got a pair that she could fit yeah, into. Okay, fair, yeah, fair. maybe they're like um, tracksuit bottoms this time round because the, the previous ones seemed like formal slacks. <laughs> but yeah, they were probably <laughs> they chinos so. or something. <laughs> also, they were pre-time loop, so Jenny might have been quite small. Then. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Yeah, that's it. They talk about the Halloween hop. Claudia is hoping that someone called Woody Jefferson will ask her. Uh, Stacy <laughs> wants to ask some guy in English class. And Dawn defensively says that she's going to go alone and it's not weird and lots of people do that. So there. Oh, Dawn. Yeah. Dawn is a bit <laughs> oh, salty. Dawn, it's okay. It's fine. I, I love the contrast in how little fanfare Christy made of being like, oh, I asked a boy. I know. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was just like this is a completely standard thing to do. <laughs> yes. This is healthy and normal. Even if Stacy laughs at me, it's normal. Woody Jefferson sounds like he like time warped in from the fifties. No one's called Woody <laughs> Jefferson in nineteen ninety. Yeah. If he's called Woody, he's um the cowboy from Toy Story. Yes. Is that right? That's the only Woody like you, you can't call someone Woody. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, Woody Guthrie. I mean, I know they also exist, but they they don't live in my head. All the teens were real into Woody Guthrie in 1990. <laughs> I mean, who knows? So Christy is showing some more notes. She's gotten four now. Mm-hmm. And she's showing them to the other girls in the cafeteria. And then they realize that Koki Mason and her gang, uh, Grace Bloom, Lisa and Bibi, are mm-hmm. all sitting at the next table watching them. Um, Lisa and Bibi don't get surnames. No. no, they do Our not. Lines. Logan flees because their conversation is getting too girlish, which, fuck off, Logan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Then they are looking at the letters, but they realize that Koki and Grace are still watching them and making fun. Um, so they get annoyed at this. Uh, they continue to talk about who the letters could be from. I spread the notes out on the table. I had even saved the envelopes because I liked the stickers on them. Yes! Save the envelopes, Christy. I always want to see the envelopes. <laughs> you gotta. They got stickers. Only a yeah. monster would throw them out. So much work went into them. What's the purpose of stickers other than to put them on, like, documents that people might treasure in the exactly. future? So, good. Yeah, I, I feel like this is all very satisfying. All of the, the archival stuff. Mm, I'm here for it. <laughs> If if somebody sent me a love letter with stickers on the envelope, I would absolutely keep the envelope. Like, it's an yes. integral part of the whole artifact that is the letter. It's not just about yes. the text, it's about the object. Yeah, how can you fully interpret it if you don't know the exact placement of the heart stickers? Exactly. Aoife <laughs> <laughs> is looking very pained. <laughs> I'm fully serious. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so am I. <laughs> I think that's why Aoife's pain. Not that into stickers, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. Yeah, now Esther's looking very pained. <laughs> yeah, I'm upset. Well, I, just... I have a 
cardboard box of stickers in my eyeline. <laughs> I'm just one of those people who never bothered with stickers because every time I got stickers, I would just freak out over where was I going to put them. I could mm. never think of a good place to put the stickers. I was also very um uncoordinated child, so I would frequently like mess up and stick the sticker to itself and ruin it. Oh, so no. I just never got uh, that into stickers. Okay. I was I'm mentally and emotionally not equipped to have stickers. And that's all. I, I, I feel like we've um we've learned something about you. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like yeah, uh, something that actually parenthood does help with is your excess uh, excessive sticker collection because like small kids are really into that stuff. So <laughs> like, uh, you don't have an excess sticker collection, so that's fine. You can have some of ours. We have stickers. <laughs> I have fewer stickers because I sent all my stickers out to everyone last year, so now everyone has my stickers. <laughs> yeah, I have that brown envelope in my eyeline as well. I should clear this desk off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Possibly. Oh, um, speaking of which, Koki and her friends got up then and left the cafeteria. They didn't even bother to clear off the table they'd been sitting at. That's some great character development right yes. there. Like they ugh. suck. Mm-hmm. Beautiful touch. Did that? They need didn't need to put that little detail in. Mm-hmm. But they did, and we now know exactly what sort of people they are. Yep. Yes. This is a full blown Anna Martin book, by the way. There are no ghost writers involved yep. in yep. this, so she's just she has fine tuned everything. Um, yeah. And all the weird stuff is also Anne's, but all the the like beautiful <laughs> little character tweaks is also her work. So yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Then um, Marianne um, tells Stacy the story of last Halloween when Koki and Grace uh, did the bad luck mystery on Marianne and made her think that they were cursed. And then there was a humiliating showdown at the grave of Old Hickory. That was an excellent book. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. a great book. It was so much fun. And they talk about how fun it was and what a good time they had and how much they humiliated Koki and Grace. <laughs> then off they go to class. <laughs> you know, it's Halloween, so there has to be a mystery of some description. Um, exactly. I, I don't know if that's a natural pairing in like everyday life and also culture. I think it's just the Babysitter's Club book. We need something to solve. It's spooky season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not like paranormal mysteries. Those happen all year round. It's just, (laughs) there's a mystery. I mean, I suppose the curse was mildly paranormal, but like, it's not a haunted house book. It wasn't a real curse though. Anyway, yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway, um, that afternoon, um, Christy is at home looking after her siblings and she gets another note. Uh, But this one is a little different. It says, I love you, I love you, I love you. But beware, love is fickle, so are friends. Watch out for your mystery admirer. Christy and Shannon are a bit creeped out by this. And then Christy starts to worry that maybe it is from Bart after all and that Bart is maybe a bit crazy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Shannon says, uh, how come you're so willing to believe he's your mystery admirer all of a sudden? I'm not. I mean, I don't know. But if he is, then I've invited a psycho to the Halloween hop. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there and say this book is from 1990. They throw around the word psycho and lunatic a lot. Um, it's problematic, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. We don't think it would serve this podcast well for us to get into it in depth. Just let it be known that we know. Mm. Exactly. We know. <laughs> that, that's all I wanted we, to say. Know. It's very, uh, We know that's not, yes. 
We know that's not what we say now. Next chapter, uh, Mallory and Jesse are looking after the Pike kids who are all making Halloween plans. Um, this is just a fun babysitting chapter. Yes. Vanessa wants to be a poetess for Halloween. They keep, she keeps using the word poetess. She's done it in several books. It's like, nobody ever says poetess. Where does she get this from? Old books. I'm guessing it's in like Little Women or something like that. I'm assuming it's actually just part of like the horrendous, constant, unnecessary gendering of stuff that happens in Stony Brook. I mean, I've certainly seen the word elsewhere, but... Like, I've seen the word, sure, but like... Nobody uses the word. No, but I think Vanessa's just been quaint. She's a romantic in the early 19th century. <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Claire wants to be a giraffe. I love that. Uh, which is adorable. She wants to wear a big giraffe neck on her head with little eye holes in the neck so she can see out. Even the triplets are impressed by this. I think that's really, yeah, um, especially because like you sometimes see that now in very cleverly constructed costumes, but I don't think that yes. was very common at the end. I also yeah. like how um, Claire is described um, when they're making fun of her for wanting to be a giraffe. And they're like, oh, your neck isn't 10 feet long. And she's like, I will wear the giraffe neck on my head, said Claire haughtily. <laughs> you don't understand my artistic vision, triplets. And they're like, no. Yes. Um, and then... Um, Jordan uh, makes fun of Nikki's costume and says, lame, I'm going to be a mummy. I suppose no one's ever been a mummy before, said Mal, eyeing her brother. Jordan made a face, then he brightened. I know, I'll be a headless mummy. Now that's original. I'm like, Jordan, how are you going to be a headless mummy? Are you perchance going to steal your five-year-old sister's idea? <laughs> yes, they talk about their uh, costume ideas. And then they decide that actually what they're going to do is make a haunted house in the basement and charge 25 cents admission and scare people. Uh, Vanessa suggests that they make people put their hand in peeled grapes and cold spaghetti. And everyone is very excited. And yeah, for once, the Pikes are just like cooperating and collaborating amiably. Yeah. It's You love to see it. Well, it's another big Pike project, much like the library, which we heard about in the last book, which but which they probably got bored of by this book, which I'm okay yeah. with because that seems very um, reasonable for kids to do. Um, I Yeah, I really enjoyed the haunted house description, although I do have questions about um, how they're going to use... Somebody found a spool of thread and was like, we're going to use this for cobwebs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good, gonna, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I love the idea of making a haunted house. Part of me still wants to make a haunted house right now, even though it's not Halloween <laughs> and I'm 37. Um, but I I feel like maybe we see the, ha the haunted house somewhere. It doesn't actually seem to come to fruition in this book. Maybe it's the next book. It's definitely not in this book. We just hear about it. But yeah. I enjoyed hearing about it. Yes. Yeah. Also, another historic moment. Uh, Vanessa invites Charlotte and Haley over and mm -hmm. Jordan starts to mumble about not wanting more girls to come over. And Mallory tells him, that's enough. Yay. Mm -hmm. Go, Mallory. This is literally the first time anyone has ever done this. Yes. <laughs> she is the first feminist. <laughs> yes. The only feminist in Stony Brook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only feminist in the Pike House, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Then Vanessa and... Haley and Charlotte decide that they're going to dress as another up-to-the-minute topical pop culture reference of 1990, 
the three stooges. <laughs> At this point, I feel like Anne is being performative in her unwillingness to know what the kids are into these days. I think she has just dug in her heels and is like, no, it's boomer culture or nothing. The Three Stooges. Kids love the Three Stooges. Little girls can't get enough of the Three Stooges and want to dress up as them. They go off to get TV Guide and research their costumes. The TV Guide, uh, I suppose in Stony Brook, the TV only shows reruns, so maybe they might have a chance <laughs> to um, see the Three Stooges on TV. Um, but like, I actually do love this though. <laughs> it is it's very cute. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, and very. It, it's actually fairly countercultural if we just like suspend our disbelief long enough to accept that like three preteen girls in the very early 90s would know who the three stooges are um they're insisting on being them is great and i love it. <laughs> um and yeah, yeah their uh, persistence through the rest of the book um they seem to like adopt this persona and just keep it going um <laughs> for for quite some time we're gonna we're gonna get there um <laughs> it is very cute but yes. like Anne, come on <laughs> um yeah uh adam as a triplet is like oh boy we should have thought of that the three stooges would be perfect costumes for triplets like oh well it didn't occur to you that there were three of you and you could do a thing that's themed around three people great and vanessa very generously says you can be the three stooges too if you want which jordan rejects um not if the idea is already taken by girls guys actually um it's just occurred to me jordan is the real like hardline misogynist yeah. in the group is his surname actually peterson is Pike just like <laughs> Oh my god, he rebranded. <laughs> He's gonna like start everything. extolling the virtues of the carnivore diet in later <laughs> Um like anyway, it would be even more hilarious and chaotic if there were two sets of the three stooges in the one family. <laughs> I love that. Um but no, uh misogyny wins the day again and they, they do some other bullshit. I don't know what it is. Um nobody cares. Yeah, they just go plan the basement haunted house. Yeah. It's fine. And in the meantime, Becca, Charlotte, and um, Vanessa are living their best life. So great. And yes. Being... It's all about the three stoogesses. Larry, Moe, and Curly. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, next chapter, um, they're in a. Sorry, my cat just went insane. Um, they're in <laughs> a meeting, and Christy is zoning out, and it's 5 31. She hasn't even called the meeting to order. <gasps> She's busy worrying because she's gotten four more notes from the mystery admirer and they're creepy as fuck yeah, they are <laughs> yes so first there was the love is fickle and so are friends one then she gets violets are blue blood is red i'll remember you when you are dead yeah. uh then the next one was about blood again but christy hasn't memorized it and then the next one says i want to be with you forever eternal togetherness so i'm coming to get you uh, everyone is suitably freaked out and they all think that um, the notes must be from Sam, but Christy's like, no, Sam doesn't have the attention span for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not his style. <laughs> he would get bored and then want attention for it. Um, then she worries that maybe Bart is actually like severely mentally ill. She's says, I read this book once about a 14-year-old boy everyone thought was normal and nice and it turned out he was a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> was it a true story? asked Stacy. No, I answered. 
but it could have been. <laughs> oh my god, living through the drama. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's adorable. They re- they really did miss out on an opportunity to like get the magnifying glass out and compare paper quality though. Like I'm slightly yes! disappointed. I feel like um there would have been obvious differences between um sorry, <laughs> not to be spoilery, but they are two different sets of notes. <laughs> I do think that if these books were being written after CSI had aired, oh. that is exactly what those girls would be doing. I'm a little disappointed in Claudia because Nancy Drew would definitely be comparing the paper. Yes, she would take out a magnifying glass and examine it carefully. Yeah. In the um, the book where she's concerned about whether she's adopted or not, um, she did quite a lot of detecting. She um, did? Which, yeah. Maybe she's distracted by her sore leg. Yes. She's just happening in this one. Her head's not in the game this time. <laughs> Did anybody else notice the bit where um the girls are all like, Christy how did it get to 5.31 and you didn't start the meeting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're kind of ragging on her for that. And then, um, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be president after all, teased Dawn. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Dawn got to make the a top job, Dawn, I see. The yeah. pointed comments are real in this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dawn is coming for the crown and the director's chair and the visor. <laughs> and possibly your boyfriend's. Because <laughs> Dawn has been single for long enough. <laughs> yes, it's been a whole week. It's, it's just that the subtext is text with Dawn this week. Is all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Christy is very worried that maybe the notes are from Bart and Bart is actually a serial killer. Um, <laughs> the others are kind of trying to like talk her down and say that it would be uh, presumptuous to just uninvite Bart to the dance in case he's not a serial killer. And, mm-hmm. you know, then she'd feel silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Jesse is like, you should give him the benefit of the doubt. You don't know for sure if he's a psycho. (laughs) They're all very blasé about making Christy date this guy who they all think could be a serial killer. (laughs) And like, they're living for the drama, but it's the wrong drama. They're living for the romance when they should be living for the thriller. Yes. Yeah. Um, At the very least, they should like exercise their power, which they're already aware of as a group of girls um, who they could invite him into their space and interrogate him um, in a situation which would be really uncomfortable and he'd have to like confess to whatever was going on. Um, yes. And, yeah. Like strengthen numbers. Use that. You know, you know it can be done already. You've tried it on Logan and he fled. <laughs> yeah. They've been an intimidating mob before. Remember that yeah. ransom kid? They threatened him with five to ten in the slammer. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> it was their finest moment. So... Yeah, Christy is freaking out. Uh, the others are like not as sympathetic as they could be. Um, then she worries that because she's Watson Brewer's stepdaughter and Watson is, as we all know, a millionaire, some weirdo is playing a cat and mouse game and is going to kidnap and ransom her. <laughs> They'll be like, leave your three toaster ovens in the park. Do not call the cops. <laughs> exactly. And then Mallory helpfully chimes in that she read a story by O. Henry where a little boy gets kidnapped and his parents don't pay the ransom because the boy is such a pain in the ass. I've never read that. Now I want to go look for it because it sounds like it'll be fun. I know. It sounds hilarious. And it's just so unsympathetic of Mallory. (laughs) I love that. I've done that so many times. Like, here's an anecdote that's vaguely related. But now that I come to think of it after having said it is quite insulting to you. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> like saws. Um, does she say it's by O. Henry, or did you just recognize it? As oh, no, no, she says it's by O. Henry. By o. Henry. Okay. <laughs> well, she says it was by an author named O. Henry, because you know, <laughs> it seems like the teams. kind of thing that Esther would like have just <laughs> come yeah. across in her. Yeah. No, nope, not me. <laughs> I know nothing about short stories. I hate okay. short stories. I don't read them, but I do kind of want to read this one. Mm. Um, anyway, everyone thinks that Christy is living for the drama a bit too much and that no one's going to kidnap her. And she should definitely go to the dance with Bart, even though he might kidnap her. And Marianne's like, only one note says they're coming to get you. It's fine. <laughs> so Christy goes home and she's freaking out. Um, she is like, trying to burglar proof the house and she decides to lock her bedroom door even though it's a fire hazard because she thinks she's more likely to get kidnapped than to die in a fire and oh bemoans gosh. the fact that her mom had to marry a rich guy but she <laughs> definitely won't tell any adults about this because they might think she's crazy uh then she listens to the news and tries to hear about escaped lunatics who might come to kidnap her um but there aren't any, so she concludes that he's a very stealthy escaped lunatic that might come to kidnap her. Or a fresh lunatic who hasn't been caught yet. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's so problematic. He's a beginning lunatic. I do quite like the reasoning of, like, um, I'd be, I, I'm too embarrassed. If this turns out to be, like, a, a surmise with no basis, then I'd be really embarrassed. Um, I'm going to risk the somewhat less likely option of, like, being kidnapped by a random person um yeah yeah because yeah. I've, I've i've done the math somewhere in the back of my brain and i don't actually want to tell my mother about this <laughs> <laughs> yes this is not the first time we've seen somebody do this exact calculation yes <laughs> yes somewhere in their brain they go telling adults will ruin the drama because adults will remind me that this is bullshit <laughs> yeah so I'm just going to have a huge panic attack instead because that's less embarrassing. Yes. An adult will be like, I think someone is just writing you mean notes. Mm -hmm. Who, like, what kids do you encounter who are horrible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's fair. Christy's not ready to, for that conversation yet. No. Should we tackle chapter nine? Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's tackle chapter nine. All right. So, um... Christy tells Shannon uh, her lunatic theory and Shannon is not impressed. Shannon has decided that this is actually an elaborate psychological mind game from Bart who's trying to uh, knock Christy's confidence ahead of the World Series so that the Crushers will lose. Um, <laughs> Christy is furious at this and decides that it's despicable and Shannon says she's already stopped talking to Bart. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah also shannon thinks that the kidnapping theory doesn't really hold up because christy is only a stepchild and surely a kidnapper would go for watson's biological children who are both his own flesh and blood and also more portable and christy is not impressed with this so christy decides to channel her anger at bart and basically bart is cancelled um, Bart is <laughs> yep. possibly the only documented unfair victim of cancel culture here because everyone decides that Bart is playing horrible psychological mind games with Christy and everyone stops talking to him. Yes. Hashtag justice for Bart. Everyone yes. hates Bart. Um, <laughs> Christy is still kind of going to the Halloween hop with him, but she's also not answering his calls. <laughs> yeah. She won't talk to him. 
<laughs> oh, it's complicated. Yes, <laughs> the situation. yes, it is. The relationship status at this moment. Next, Marianne is minding the Barrett kids. Uh, Buddy is blackmailing Susie with something. Um, <laughs> because Buddy Barrett has a huge crush on Shannon. Uh-huh. And every time Susie tries to tease him about it, he threatens to tell about the, you know, and Susie shuts up. Yeah. I'm very frustrated that we never find out what it is that Buddy has over Susie because I really want yes. to know what the dirt is. Susie yeah. is dealing drugs to Charlie. <laughs> That's it. She's a five-year-old drug dealer. That's what's yes. going on. Is she five? She's around that age. I she's think. about five. Yeah, yes. she's about five, yeah. She's as precocious as uh, Gabby and what's her name, but she's using her powers for evil. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Marnie does musical theatre. Susie deals smack. Mariah. That's it. Mariah, sorry, Mariah. Marnie is a reasonable small child of the yes. parents, yeah. But I don't know what Mar- uh, Marnie's up to. No. God, Marnie, I, doing anything? I always assumed it was weed that Charlie was like purchasing. I, I was just making the five-year-old be even eviler. It's yes. fine. He's, yeah, I wouldn't have particular moral like misgivings about weed. Maybe the five-year-old thing. I feel like she's too young to have that kind of entrepreneurship <laughs> going on. But. Yeah, but I feel like if she's dealing smack in the neighborhood, that's probably something that like somebody should maybe... Yeah. That's a problem. Like, but maybe a babysitter should intervene, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think this so. Is definitely a babysitter grade problem. <laughs> definitely. Don needs to come in and have a stern talk with the family. I mean, I guess you don't call the police for things these days. So like... Exactly. You call a babysitter. It's you fine. Got, you got to take down the drug ring yourself organically. <laughs> yes. Then Christy gets another. Uh, genuinely creepy letter uh, that says beware I'm coming sooner than you think and once I find you this is all that will be left of Kristen Amanda Thomas awkward and then the envelope is full of fingernail clippings (laughs) yeah that's gross she considers throwing them out but then decides to keep them for evidence uh, which is (laughs) good instincts yeah yeah. very sensible don't throw any of this stuff away (laughs) so she shows the nail clippings to her friends um, at the next practice uh, Claudia says it's gross. Marianne says it's repulsive. Shannon says it's disgusting. They all think it's Bart, but Christy wonders if Bart would really do something so gross, repulsive, and disgusting. <laughs> and if he did, should I still go to the dance with him? <laughs> That's the... Yeah. What the hell? I, he brought me a corsage and an envelope full of my fingernail... Full of fingernail clippings. <laughs> well, you know, boys are weird. Who knows? Maybe that's just what they, they do. Weird. <laughs> there is a sweet statement about boys in this chapter, which is Shannon being like, and you know how boys hold grudges, said Shannon, sounding wise. Yeah, <laughs> what's up with that? That's not a thing. No. Grudges are not gendered, even in Stony Brook. What the hell? No. I, I also, I do, though, like the um, annotation of Shannon said, sounding wise. Yeah. That, that's a, <laughs> like, Christy has noted that Shannon has put on her best wisdom voice for dispensing yes. this particular piece of knowledge, which Christy yes. doesn't know that much about Shannon because she's got a whole different school that she goes True. to and her social circles are different. And um, Shannon is kind of flexing on Christy here. <laughs> Christy's like, yeah. This knowledge is not situated. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Everyone is too distracted. Uh, the practice doesn't go well. 
the Three Stooges girls are cheerleading in their Three Stooges costumes, uh, but their baggy pants are too baggy and Vanessa's keep falling off. Which is <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. That seems in keeping with the Three Stooges. Like, I thought yes, that was it does. kind of the point of it, but yeah. I, I think that they weren't actually meant to expose their underwear, though. <laughs> <laughs> Only because of, like, the censorship laws at the time. Yeah, like, I mean, that's society's fault. They should yeah, be yeah. free to do that, but yeah. <laughs> so yes, poor Bart has turned up at practice to try and walk Christy home, and she just blanks him and gets into the car, and he's left wailing, why won't you speak to me? Why won't Shannon speak to me? <laughs> Excellent drama there. Then he calls the house and Christy tells Sam to tell him that she's gone to Europe. And Sam is delighted <laughs> because apparently this is the next best thing to making a prank call. <laughs> Woo, I get to tell a lie on the phone. I am in. <laughs> yes. It's an incoming Somewhere. prank call. <laughs> yes. I have an uncle who used to answer the phone with, hello, underground airways. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> to which I once was like, oh God, I've got the wrong number. Sorry. They're like, no, you don't. Underground airways. <laughs> Dave, you had no idea who was going to be on the other end. <laughs> Talk about vintage weird phone culture. This was a grown man with multiple children. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Um, finally, Bart decides to like take some initiative and turn up at the house. And Christy is like, Ugh, I guess you can come in. So she takes him up to her room, which she's pretty embarrassed about, but is relieved to find that um, if there's any loose underwear lying around, it's all hidden under the bed and Bart won't know about that. So it's all good. <laughs> Bart demands an explanation for what's going on. Um, she says basically that he's lying and she wants to know what's going on, uh, but she's worried about getting him mad because he might be a lunatic. But she's glad that Nanny and Sam are home to fight him off if he does turn out to be a lunatic. <laughs> so she shows him the collection of notes and he gets very embarrassed at the sight of the love letters and admits that those ones are actually from him. And then he sees the creepy notes and particularly the one with the fingernail clippings and is a bit appalled that she thinks this is from him. <laughs> you think I sent these to you? How could you think that? And why would I do this? Like. I, okay, Bart, sorry someone was impersonating you, but yes, we. She, she came to the mistaken conclusion that you wrote both the first ones and the slightly later ones that are identical, <laughs> except for the creepiness. Sorry about that. You've been framed. I, I still get why you'd be like, why would you think I would do this? Because you admitted to sending the first batch. Like, yeah, but like, she's thought that before he ever admitted to that. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand why he's a bit... Like, it is reasonable, it is a reasonable-ish kind of conclusion for Christy to come to. Like, he's not asking why because he doesn't understand how she could possibly have come to that conclusion. He's asking why because he's horrified and outraged. Yeah. And it's also a very understandable reaction on his part. Like, yeah. Like, you you just, we went from being friends who maybe liked each other to you assuming I would send you death threats and toenail clippings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... You just assumed I was that bad of a person? Maybe that's me being, um, a, yeah, a, a jaded, occasional true crime listener. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's um, it, it's, I feel like you should be doing more denying and less angrily accusing Christy of, a, like, 
for like angrily being mad at Christy for assuming there was continuity between the first letters which you did send and the second part of the letters which are quite similar obviously much more deranged that you didn't send I mean he does calm down pretty quickly yeah, yeah. that's true he has his he has his moment of, of, of outrage and then he's yeah. like okay yeah he's 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 not best pleased to be accused of being a fingernail yeah. pervert but <laughs> Um, also that Christy thinks he's doing it as like a manipulation tactic to make her lose the World Series and he's like that would be unsportsmanlike I would never and she's like of course of course I would never <laughs> I, I quite like the self-awareness in the next bit where she says listen I'm sorry for accusing you of sending the notes um, but it was easier to believe that than to believe that some lunatic was sending them <laughs> like yeah. yeah, listen, I just wanted to believe it was you, okay? And not like yeah. random person. I, like, I guess it's like, I wanted to believe it was you because you're like 13 and therefore relatively non-threatening. Yes. Whereas a fully grown adult kidnapper would be more terrifying. Yes. They might yes. have a van. Who knows what they would do? Like Christy could probably beat Bardo. Probably. Yeah. She'd have a good chance anyway. She's scrappy. Yeah. So yes, Bart, um admits that he does actually have a big crush on Christy. And Christy says that um, she liked the non-murdery notes a lot and <laughs> she will keep them forever, which is very cute. Um, then they try to brainstorm who the letters could be and Bart wonders if she has any enemies and she's like, eh, any Alan Gray, but he's too much of a dweeb to think up something like this. <laughs> um, and Again, they decide Alan Gray is not smart enough to come up with a sophisticated hoax like this. But are they enemies or like... I think while she's talking to Bart, she definitely hates Alan Gray and wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. Yeah. She definitely wouldn't have gone to a previous dance with him. Um, definitely never. Definitely never. For the purposes of this conversation. <laughs> so Shannon comes over as well and they brainstorm together and Shannon also apologises to Bart for having like cancelled him <laughs> they speculate that maybe someone else is trying to sabotage the crushers and is there anyone else who would want the bashers to win so badly uh, that they would do this um, nobody speculates that there's like an illegal gambling ring going on which is where my mind goes immediately that's the only reason to sabotage a sports team like this I was thinking could it be the bashers themselves and then I remembered that like two of them were benched for fighting with each other and was like no they are terrible, but they're also just a bunch of very dumb small boys. So they're not <laughs> yeah. Gonna... yeah, they're just sort of chaotic and slightly mean. Yeah, they probably... Yeah. If, if Sam doesn't have the sticking power at age 15, the bashers definitely don't either. No, they're not the scheming type. Yeah. Exactly. So, um... They... Brad points out that the scary notes look a lot like his... Um, so it must be from somebody who's seen the notes that he wrote. Mm -hmm. And Christy wonders if maybe somebody had been like sneaking them out of the mailbox and looking at them. Um, and she's like, oh God, it really is a kidnapper. That would be creepy. Uh, Bart and Shannon are still not on board with the kidnapper theory, but Christy <laughs> is definitely extremely paranoid. <laughs> but more importantly, 
Uh, it's the day of the World Series, which I'm sorry, it's still just one match. Uh, <laughs> David Michael is adorably bulking up again, <laughs> eating a huge pile of carbs before the game. Also, I love the way that we're really obsessed with how inaccurate the word series is here, but we're also ignoring the fact that they are two baseball teams like in the same neighborhood of the same small town and we're not objecting to the word world. <laughs> well, it's not that much stupider than calling it the World Series when it's only like baseball teams from within the US. Like yes, that's fair. just an extension of the same stupidity. Exactly. So. That's super fucking stupid when it's not even like, oh, but the US is the only country that takes baseball seriously, which is also not true. Yeah, they don't <laughs> even have Japan in it. It's not the World Series. So like Yeah. If you don't have Japan in it, it's just the American series, okay? Why don't you stick America on that? You put it on fucking everything else. What I really like is that um is that it's the complete opposite with the All-Ireland. Because, like, there are teams from other countries that at least get to the early stages of that competition. Like, they usually have to go play in New York. Huh. Well, it's the All-Ireland. It's not the only Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so the World Series is taking place. And yeah, it's it's not any worse to call it that just because they're both from the same millionaire neighborhood of Stony Brook. <laughs> I quite like that, actually. Yes. It makes equal amount of sense. Exactly. They're fundraising to get matching baseball caps for the team. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, Haley, and Charlotte are in their Three Stooges costumes. Christy hopes their wigs and pants won't fall off. <laughs> uh, then, surprisingly, Koki Mason and her friends have turned up to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. Marianne genuinely thinks that uh, Koki and Grace are just really interested in small children playing softball. And Christy is like, that's a bit naive even for you, Marianne. That's that's ludicrous. I'm sorry. I've never had such disrespect for Marianne's like judgment. Um, and yes. I've had a lot of disrespect for her judgment yeah. over the course of this podcast. This is the dumbest thing that I have ever heard is um, Christy being like, what do you think she's doing here? And Marianne shrugged. She wasn't nearly as suspicious as I was, despite what Koki had done to her in the past. After a moment, she said, I think Koki's just going to watch the game. Grace and the others too. Yeah, what the fuck, Marianne? She literally hoaxed you and made you think you were under a paranormal curse. There was a whole denouement. Is she mad at Christy right now? Like, (laughs) there's no other reason for this level of like, oh, I don't know what she's doing here. She's probably just... Gonna, she's probably a baseball fan. That's that's like, that's why she's here. I don't care. I seriously don't give a shit, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot more sense. Like Marianne has had no involvement in this book, basically. So like, yeah. there's no reason for her to be mad. But like, why is she just completely like drop the ball here so badly? This isn't even like, oh, I I'm Pollyanna. I believe in the the best in everybody. This is like. I seriously couldn't care less why <laughs> yeah. um, this incredible baddie who is only here to do ill to us and has no purpose otherwise. And who has personally wronged me a lot. Like, <laughs> I don't care that she's here right now. I, I, I assume that Marianne is having a side plot of her own going on right now and is too busy to worry about this. Yeah. Yes. Um, Good Marianne. 
Christy spots Bart, who is yet again intervening in his bashers fighting each other. They're the worst team ever. Um, they smile flirtatiously at each other. Christy reflects that it sure is hard to like a guy and want to cream his softball team at the same time. Good line. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah, that's very Christy. Yeah, powerful bisexual energy, honestly. Yes. <laughs> then Koki comes over to Christy uh, casually. Uh, a little too casually, as Christy says, mm-hmm. and says she's just here for the game to support Christy's team. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Koki went on, I thought you might need a little extra cheering. You've looked sort of depressed lately. I want your team to win. Uh, Christy, bless her heart, is like, I haven't been depressed. I've even got a boyfriend. He's coming to the Halloween hop with me. Oh, that does not follow. It would be so much better to say, I haven't been depressed. I've been really busy training my fucking team for the event that we are at, which is about to start. <laughs> yes. Um, but Christy hilariously continues down this this line of argument and says that she and Bart plan to spend their lives together. <laughs> yeah. Koki is like, oh, that's nice. Eternal togetherness. And Christy recognizes eternal togetherness is a quote from one of the threatening letters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Koki realizes she has uh, given herself away. This is exactly what happened in the previous book that involved a Koki Mason scheme. Koki. <laughs> so, I just, I just don't know whether to be like, Koki, get your shit together, or Anne, come up with a new method of like revealing the plot. Put them all together <laughs> on a couch while Christy like strides backwards and forwards and like works her way through all the naughty thorny issues like yes. don't just have Koki show up and be like ah it'd be a shame if somebody um you know murdered the murdered person oh wait it was me oh shit I told her yeah. <laughs> like yeah just, it's a second time it's come like, on she's she's attempting to do like some sort of really subtle like, no one is going to know what I really mean by this version of a villain monologue, but she accidentally just does a villain monologue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The evil voice. Koki has watched a lot of, like, Columbo and Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> is just, modeling herself after it too closely. Fool me once, Koki, but, like, fool me twice. Please let there not be any more mysteries TM in the same way that Charlie's car is a car TM (laughs) in which Koki is fucking responsible for it because like she's just not subtle enough to have you fooled for any length of time I don't care how much drama she generates (laughs) well I'm I'm happy for her to be involved in more mysteries but they probably shouldn't involve threatening letters anymore I think that well has been (laughs) bled dry at this point surely it must be time for Koki to be the red herring in a bigger mystery where they have to join forces with her despite their dislike of each other that would be so exciting I bet it never happens but I I wish it happened I really hope there's like a super special or a mystery special where that happens yes that would be amazing well stay tuned this is now all I want (laughs) this is definitely not all I want but you know yeah. <laughs> it's a large chunk of what we want. It's what you imminently want at this moment. <laughs> yes. So there isn't time for a full like drawing room denouement, but Christy just intimidates all the facts out of Koki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like every kid in my, my year knows that I'm like tough and athletic and Koki is backing away. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so she grabs onto her and won't let her leave. Uh, Koki admits that this is all revenge for what happened at last year's Halloween <laughs> mystery plot uh, because they were embarrassed in front of Logan. I needed revenge for that, so I did the same thing again, but worse. <laughs> yes, on the anniversary of the last time I did this. <laughs> uh, they copied Bart's letters because Christy was showing them off at school. And that's that, basically. They just wanted to put Christy in her place. So Christy was like, okay, I'm going to tell everyone what you did. And Shannon's going to tell everyone at the private school so this is going to be even more embarrassing than the last time we embarrassed you. So think about that, bitch. <laughs> so that will definitely ensure this never happens again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see them embarrassed again in exactly a year's time. <laughs> but Christy is excited because she's full of rage and therefore energy, almost exuberance. And she's going to channel that rage into some softball. Yeah. She says twice in this book that um, when she's angry, she's extra energized and that makes her good at being a softball coach. Like, <laughs> I'm, I wish I had that level of confidence in my ability to function when I'm like very emotional. <laughs> yeah, that sounds useful. I, like, that's why Christy's the president. <laughs> yeah. If you had a really important thing to do, all you'd have to do is go and like read YouTube comments for half an hour and you'd be like jazzed up and ready to go. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> well, she leads the kids to greatness. Um, mm -hmm. They kick the Bashers' asses. The Bashers are feeling duly chastened. Christy worries that maybe Bart won't want to go to the dance with her if she beats him, but decides that she can't worry about that right now and she has to beat him anyway. Damn right. The Three Stooges are very popular in their cheerleading. Uh, their wigs <laughs> and pants remain safely on. <laughs> I love how like dubious Christy is about Three Stooges, but she's like, I just, I need to let them have their moment. This is important yes, for yes. them. They have a creative vision here and I just have to hope they remain decent throughout. <laughs> they beat the Bashers. She's very worried about how Bart's going to respond. But more importantly, she runs over and tells her friends all about what Koki has done. Stacy calls her a sewer rat because she still <laughs> thinks in New York terms half the time. <laughs> because sewers don't have rats in them anywhere but New York, I guess. Stony Brook doesn't have sewers. This is like the bodega discourse all over again. Like, where in the world could you see sewer rats except New York? It's so special. <laughs> The sanitation movement has not reached Connecticut. There are no sewers. Everybody just oh, no. pees in a bush. Oh god! Everyone has cholera all the time. <sighs> they resolve to tell everybody what Koki did at both schools, and Christy decides that that will wrap things up and not continue this war. Um, <laughs> then she continues to fret about Bart, and Shannon says she's gonna have to go over and talk to him and see if he still wants to go to the hop. And Bart's like, yeah, I can't wait. Now let's talk about this mystery you just solved. <laughs> Bless Bart. He's so wholesome. I love this. He is very wholesome. Um, yeah, Christie's, um, maybe I should have told the Crashers to throw the game or the Crushers to throw the game. Uh, sorry, the Crashers is the combined baseball team. <laughs> yes. much later. Sorry. Um, when they make a super group. Yeah. Um, I, so she's concerned that she should have told her team to lose deliberately i'm like what that is nonsense and i'm delighted that shannon repeatedly tells her no christy that was that's stupid yes. yes don't even waste 10 seconds thinking about that um first of all 
that's bad feminism. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad sportsmanship. And third, your team would not have been capable of throwing a game. They don't have the skills for it. If they yes. win, it's going to be like an act of um, pluck and also luck. They don't, they're not in control of that. <laughs> no, they're not. They, they, they're not good enough at baseball to deliberately flub baseball. Sorry, softball. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, and, and like, you're wasting your time even thinking about this, so don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bart yes. doesn't want this of you. Nobody needs it. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad that she got that amount of good advice from Shannon. Yes. Despite the yes. fact that they're not really on the same page on a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. But like, the narrative does not support that sort of thinking. Good. No. My, my favorite thing in this section is after they're talking, and Bart says, See you Friday, but I'll probably talk to you before then. And Christy says, You got a coach? <laughs> they call each other coach a couple of times, and it's just adorable. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> that is cute. So later that day, um, Christy is at home recovering, and Shannon comes over because she wants to make Christy over for the dance. <laughs> um, and she says, you want to look good for Bart, don't you? And Christy's like, I just want to look like myself. And if I look good, I'll look good for me. Um, and Shannon's like, okay, but you definitely have to wear a dress. So Christy like grudgingly digs out the dress she wore to Sharon and Richard's wedding. <laughs> then sort of idly speculates that maybe they could go in a costume instead. And Shannon's like, but you have to look special for Bart. Shannon, yeah, she's really just approaching this very differently. I had a conversation that was very analogous to this with Laura in about 2002 when Halloween was coming up there was going to be a party and I had located in um, a local shop that was preparing a bit early a Santa costume and was like it'd be gas if I went to Santa to your Halloween party and Laura was like you're not allowed you have to go with something pretty <laughs> and she went as an angel. I can't remember what I went as in the end. But I was like, I wish I was Santa though. A sexy mouse. That'd be hilarious. I definitely didn't go as a sexy mouse. <laughs> but I was like, you're a feckin' like baby Satanist. <laughs> you sewed yourself a top at one point, and your mum was like, You Wally, you sewed that cross on upside down. Why are you dressed as an angel? <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> so I'm still kind of mad about not being a, not being Santa. I don't think it would have like restricted my ability to pull at that point. <laughs> well, I think whatever whatever success you were gonna have in that regard, you were gonna have whether or not you were dressed as Santa. So how diplomatic of you, Esther. I kind of want to know what would have happened. But anyway, I didn't go as Santa. <laughs> I'm also remembering the absolutely iconic uh, fifth year Halloween dance where everybody, myself included, went as a sexy something or other, <laughs> except for one girl who just went in drag as a man called Irving. And it was amazing. Oh, she had a yes. tweed suit and a mustache made of mascara. And <laughs> it was like, everyone was so impressed. Everyone was like, this is the ballsiest thing anyone has ever done. <laughs> I love it. And like, yeah, she had a great time. And, you know, yeah. everyone danced with her. And yeah, so yes. <laughs> everyone that- wanted a piece of Irving. <laughs> was that Grace? That was Grace, yeah. Yes. I, I, I had forgotten that, but it, it dredged up. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Good for Irving. <laughs> Yeah, there really are two approaches to Halloween dances and Shannon has got one and Christy has got the other. People should go with the Christy approach. Definitely. Bart calls up and Bart has absolutely come through. It is amazing. Karen, because I know how much you love this, would you like to talk us through what Bart has come up with for the Halloween hop? 
<laughs> well, Christy gets off the phone with Bart and goes through to the room where Shannon has set up all the makeup and she covers her face in rouge. And Shannon is like, what are you doing? This is terrible. This is not appropriate. And Christy said, it is if you're going to the Halloween hop as a lobster. (laughs) Uh, So Bart has found two lobster costumes which belong to his parents. So they're like vintage, like 70s. Yeah, like brilliant. Um, probably made of asbestos. Probably made of asbestos. Hopefully, hopefully not. Um, maybe they're hand sewn. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they they seem very bulky and heavy. But, yes. Um, but uh, so he asked if Christy wants to go um with the pair of them dressed as lobsters, and she's like, "Do I?" So, <laughs> um, but I love that she doesn't just go to Shannon and be like, "Hey, I'm going as a lobster. Sorry, you don't need to get the mascara out." She just like <laughs> decides to horrify her as much as possible. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> this is what I mean when I say that like Christy and Shannon are not naturally intended as friends. No, that's no. quite good. You do like form solid bonds with people like that sometimes yeah. when you're like thrown yeah. together. I've definitely had a couple of like some really good conversations and like gotten along very well with people where I was definitely the Christie. <laughs> yes. Like, that has happened. They can be good friends without being soulmates and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. They don't get everything about each other. Shannon does like come round and she's like, that's that's pretty hilarious. Okay, yeah, you you go, lobster girl. You go and have fun at that dance. Um Yes. So that's what Christy is committed to do. Yep. <laughs> So we cut to the night of the dance. Uh, Christy is dressed as a lobster. I'm going to mm-hmm. save the detailed costume description for the fashion report because this is the best <laughs> outfit of the book. Um, Karen turns up and asks if Bart is Christy's boyfriend and Christy is unsure. Christy, just want to point out one of mm-hmm. those notes said, I wish I could ask you to go steady. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Christy has not addressed that. She should have addressed that because that was um, <laughs> clearly one of the point. The point of one of the notes. Also, I guess Bart had a lot of heart stickers that he wanted to use up. <laughs> I don't know why or how, but like I approve of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Did he buy them specially, or were they like his mom's heart stickers or something? It sounds like he ran out because there were loads on the first one and not so many on the second That's one. True. So maybe he bought yes. them specially. <laughs> I figured he just got tired. It sounds like he put a lot of work into the first one. <laughs> Putting hearts on these eyes is really exhausting. Like, yeah, yes. I'm just going to write like a normal person. <laughs> it's a lot of fine motor skills. So Christy presents us with a bulleted list of reasons why she's worried about the dance. Um, number one, she's not a great dancer and it's quite hard to walk in her costume, let alone dance in it. Uh, number two this is her first true date she does in fact admit that she went on to a dance with Alan Gray but it doesn't count because he's a dweeb yeah. um, number three nobody at her school except her friends and enemies has seen Bart before and she's afraid that people might give Bart a hard time also he's dressed as a lobster <laughs> she asks Karen if she looks okay before she leaves and Karen's like you look okay for a lobster just <laughs> oh Karen so withering everyone is withering in this and I love it (laughs) they're just being honest okay yeah 
You look you look okay for a lobster. You're not an amazing lobster. I've seen better lobsters, but you're an acceptable lobster. You're not a hot lobster. <laughs> you could be wearing false eyelashes. Like Karen tells it like it is. That's true. That is Karen. I mean, that's what you get from Karen. She's not gonna sugarcoat it. <laughs> Claudia is in fact there with Woody Jefferson, uh, who's hot in from the fifties. Stacy is going with some guy called Kelsey Bowman. Mm-hmm. Don and Jesse are going stag and Mallory is going with Ben Hobart. That is still a thing. Uh, Christy and Bart go in holding claws for emotional support. That's brilliant. That made me laugh so much. I know. They grip claws even more tightly when everyone looks at them. <laughs> uh, I could not stop laughing at this. No. Um, Christy is very relieved that Bart can't tell if she's a good dancer or not because she's wearing a lobster costume and who the <laughs> hell even knows what's going on with all their limbs. Yes. Neither of us could dance well with all the legs and claws and tentacles. I think both when I read this first and now, like that is the dream for a dance <laughs> like yes. yes you're wearing a costume that's in that's striking it's instantly effective and also it like removes you from the possibility of judgment on like the other yes. hard skills you're supposed to have because yeah. you're like oh i'm a fucking lobster like yeah. <laughs> the fact that you're dancing at all is impressive yeah, yeah this like- this feels like the perfect costume to be quite frank <laughs> nobody expects you to have rhythm in a lobster costume also <laughs> I have some concerns about the accuracy of the lobster costume because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think lobsters have tentacles, you guys. I think they're talking about the feelery things that come out of their heads. Mm. That might be what she means, but those are not tentacles. No, they are not (laughs) tentacles. It is terribly inaccurate to describe them as such, but I think that might be what she's referring to. Uh, This costume is H.P. Lovecraft's nightmare. Whatever it is. Yeah, I'm getting a kind of a like Lovecraft vibe off it. It's just a mishmash of sea creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, either they're Lo- Lovecraftian or Christy doesn't know what the the, the feeler dailies are called. Mm. Yeah, it should be antennae, but um, yes, but it isn't. Thank you. That is, they, they have a name. Uh, we also get a cameo from Austin Bentley, former Flame of Claudia's, who's oh. now Cokie Mason's date. Is he? Does, is he named after two cars? Or is yes. yes, he's the boy named after two cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone at school is mad at Koki for sending the notes, which is kind of heartening. I sort of didn't think anyone else would care, but apparently <laughs> Koki is in disgrace. Excellent. They slow dance very awkwardly, uh, still in their lobster costumes. Christy feels she's not <laughs> getting the full effect of things with all the layers of foam in between them. <laughs> <laughs> The nuns would be delighted. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> this is very, like, chastity forward. Is anyone remembering, like, Romy and Michelle? And I'm so glad you didn't bring your giant notebook. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> if there's a full effect going on, Christy's unaware. Another benefit of the lobster costume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Real Akuig is safely respected here. Also, when you said you skipped straight to their, their slow dancing after a bit where you're talking about how everyone is mad at Koki. Like, <laughs> hang on, who's they now? <laughs> Christy is curious at Koki, but they are obliged to slow dance. <laughs> everyone is angrily slow dancing in a circle, pointing at Koki. It's very late, you guys. I'm sorry if all my pronouns are a bit out of order. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about anymore. It could be anybody. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh my god. Okay. Some people are dancing with some people. <laughs> they give out prizes. 
Funniest costume prize goes to Danielle Pitchard and Marcus Brown, the surfing dinosaurs, which is a hilarious throwaway joke and also violently 90s. It's Nothing so is 90s. more 90s than surfing dinosaurs. <laughs> they're covered yes. in Keith Herring prints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and they're definitely like neon pink. Puffy paint is involved. <laughs> definitely. Christy and Bart get a prize for most unusual costumes, and Christy is a little bit worried that most unusual means strangest, which those are pretty much synonyms. Yes. Yes, it, it does. That's Bart points out that it doesn't matter because they got a free large pizza out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a free large pizza. It's a date. Yeah. They've given all the costumes to couples, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm. And maybe it's because it's a dance and because like going stag is apparently weird if you're 13 or even 11, as Dawn and Jesse are doing in this. So yeah. It, you shouldn't have to have a couple's costume. That feels like... That's a lot of pressure for a bunch of middle schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, it feels very middle-aged that you should all be like, bring your husband in a themed <laughs> yeah. costume. Yay. And we'll all uh, put our keys in a bowl later on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I guess Anne just needed a way to like have Christy and Bart triumph. But Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's weird. I, I doubt Anne put anywhere near as much thought into this as we did. I know, yeah. I think you could say that for most of these books. <laughs> it's very true. Anne is listening to this podcast going, how dare you? <laughs> I have copious <laughs> notes explaining my thought processes. Sorry, Anne, we take it back. Anyway, Bart kisses Christy on the cheek and she thinks this is what it's like to be in love. I mean, there's usually fewer lobster costumes involved, but you do you. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like the lobster costume is fully compatible with, like, actually being in love. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying it's incompatible. I'm just saying it's not a requisite or a usual part of the process. It is no. not typical, but it is fitting and very sweet. It feels it is far adorable. more genuine and wholesome than Stacey's many experiences of being in LUV. Yes, so, 100%. Yeah. This this type of love has four letters in it. Frankly, it feels more <laughs> yes. genuine and wholesome than um, Marianne and Logan as well. Absolutely. Mm. Next chapter, it's after the dance. Everyone is hanging out in Christie's. Shannon is getting all the hot goss from everybody. They, they've been taking off their costumes, scattered about the rooms were Dawn's Alice in Wonderland dress, Mallory's clown feet, Marianne's witch hat, and my lobster suit. The suit was huge and was standing in a corner, the tentacles <laughs> waving ever so slightly. <laughs> Horrifying. I know. I love it so much. I shed my carapace so that I could go to the sleepover. <laughs> It's so good. Who wants popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dish, girls. Let's talk about boys. <laughs> Why is there body horror in this? Why? We didn't need it at all. Adolescence is wall-to-wall body horror and you know it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yes, Shannon wants to know everything about the dance and Jesse helpfully starts describing the decor and Shannon is like, this is not the gossip I wanted, Jesse. <laughs> so, they um, 
say that Koki was overdressed and was wearing false eyelashes and one of her false eyelashes <laughs> fell into the punch bowl. It's so amazing. I love this this whole incident. Um, yes. It's not just that her, like, so Koki is in disgrace apart from anything else. Like she's trying yeah. to like style it out, but mm-hmm. she's had a mishap with the um, false eyelashes, which is what happens when you wear false eyelashes in my experience. Um <laughs> And Miranda Shillaber was standing there and she made the teacher who was in charge of the refreshments get a fresh bowl of punch because she said the first bowl had been contaminated by the eyelashes. I thought Koki was going to kill her. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so good. Also, I'm really happy to see one of the Shillaber twins get to do something independently for a change. I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just like, uh, (laughs) you and your style have contaminated the food (laughs) it's such a good choice of word (laughs) nobody wants your conjunctivitis germs koki an extremely minor extra presumably a low-ranking person in the stony brook middle school hierarchy um thinks you're disgusting and you've ruined the punch and a teacher has to know bail everybody out from it oh it's it's actually beautiful it's so (laughs) multi-layered it's very satisfying Yes. Um, Jessie is very disappointed because she's danced with eight different boys and they were all clods. And <laughs> Mallory speculates that her standards are high because she's used to ballet. And Shannon's like, no, actually, sixth grade boys just are clods. Half of them are gangly <laughs> like spiders and the other half are so short you can hardly see them. <laughs> <laughs> I think both of these things are true. I think yeah. Um, yeah. Jessie later gets a boy love interest who is also a ballet dancer um, because, ah. like, you gotta, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have common interests or else it ends up all awkward and you end up just (laughs) eating oversized sandwiches at a seafood restaurant (laughs) I don't think it's even necessarily common interests I think it's just as level of a thing about standards (laughs) Jesse can't have a man who doesn't understand dance it's it's not gonna work out Jesse would never date someone who did not deserve her Jesse is like has no time for that bullshit yep (laughs) speaking of common interests um, Christy reveals that they want a coupon for a free large pizza with everything, including anchovies, but mm-hmm. that's okay because she and Bart both like anchovies. <laughs> this has sold me on their relationship. They are breaking free from the 90s mindset of anchovies being bad and they are not afraid to live their truth and enjoy a delicious anchovy pizza. <laughs> and I salute them. The 90s anchovy phobia meant that I didn't try anchovies until I was, like, in my 30s. I really like salty things, and I really like fish. Like, this got into my head. I was explaining it to my daughter the other day, actually, that, like, pineapple on pizza is to this decade as anchovies on pizza were to the early 90s. Yeah. It's, like, the meme pizza topping that everyone hates. I was telling her that, like, 20 years from now... Uh, everyone is gonna be like performatively freaked out by like mushrooms on pizza or something. Yeah, and she's gonna be like, "In my day, that was just an innocuous pizza topping that some people liked oh. and some people didn't, but it wasn't a thing." And people would be like, "Oh my god, mushrooms on pizza!" <laughs> and I was like, "That's how people were about anchovies when we were your age." And she was like, "But anchovies are delicious." And yes, mm-hmm. they are. The nineties were weird. So yes, Christy says that they share a love of anchovies and Stacy's like, that's not all you share, her, her, her. And uh, so they tell Shannon that Bart 
kissed Christy on the cheek in front of everyone. Uh, Christy realizes that everybody saw because it was in fact in the middle of the gym. Um, <laughs> but she can't bring herself to be embarrassed because she's kind of proud, uh, which is adorable. Yeah. And then they all agree that Bart is a better prospect than Alan Gray with yellow M&Ms in his eyes being little orphan Annie. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that we got a call back to that. Yes. Alan Gray's got to up his game, guys. He he's, has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to need to bust out the alligator hat and everything. Yeah, that's true. They talk about Halloween's past and how when they were little, Halloween seemed really scary. And last Halloween was quite scary because they were being tormented by Cokie and Grace. And then a scream rips through the air and it turns out it's Karen having a nightmare. And then they go to bed and then there's a scratching at the window. But it turns out it's just branches scraping against the glass. And then Christy finds a kidnapping note on her pillow and she's terrified. Dun, dun, dun. It's made of letters come out from magazines and newspapers and it says, I am coming for you tonight. I will be there at 3 a.m. There's no way to escape me. And then Shannon cracks up laughing and it turns out that this is how Shannon spent her evening while everyone else was at the dance. <laughs> and like, Shannon is very lucky that Christy saw the funny side of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. that, was, that was a high stakes prank to pull. It's it's lucky that Chan has a super cute ski jump nose. Um, <laughs> yes. And beautiful blonde hair is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Shannon. Yeah. Mm. Well, Christy takes it better than we do. But um, (laughs) then the story takes an exciting high-tech turn because Christy has got an idea. Yeah, she's like fully energized after the fake kidnapping note. She doesn't want to go to sleep anymore. She's like, okay, let's let's put a plan into action. She's full of fear and adrenaline so (laughs) they go down to the den where the family computer is set up because they truly are living that millionaire lifestyle uh she puts a disc into the drive (laughs) i'm just picturing a wall of just like like beeps and lights and where you put punch (laughs) cards in it's it's a big beige boxy thing no we had one of those as well but it's funnier this way (laughs) yes so disc into the drive. she cranks up like ms dos or whatever and types out my dearest darling koki you are the light of my life you make the sun rise every morning you make the flowers grow yellow dappled and dewy every day i watch you i watch you in the halls and the cafeteria and science class you are a creature more gorgeous than a goddess please accept this heartfelt invitation to dissect a frog with me always and forever your mystery perspirer <laughs> and then she prints it out and she's gonna stick it in Koki's locker <laughs> I will point this out that at no point does it say she prints it out yes exactly no I'm extrapolating well, <laughs> and maybe she puts the floppy disk in Koki's locker that's almost funnier this is it so she starts out by putting a disk into the drive and then she types and then it goes straight from the text to what are you going to do with it I'm going to stick it in Koki's locker yeah um, yeah that would be kind of more fun it would be like <laughs> She probably printed this out, but I love that, like, <laughs> this, this, like, loving, ridiculous, nonsense, obviously fake message um, is being sent to Koki by way of a floppy disk. <laughs> one of the big, skinny ones. <laughs> like, yes, the cardboardy <laughs> ones. An actual floppy one. 
<laughs> yes, an actual floppy, floppy disk. You might potentially stick a note on a floppy disk into the... I also like the the implication that the computer won't do anything unless there's a disk in it. You have to put the disk in to save anything. Yes, it has no internal memory. <laughs> I also guarantee that, like, if Watson knew they were using the family computer for these purposes, he would be gently disapproving because, like... <laughs> No dad circa 1990 would be chill with the kids using the computer for a prank. The computer is for serious business and homework only. Watson will find this in the morning and go tut-tush and like backspace the whole lot of it so he doesn't have to look at it anymore. (laughs) God, I did like a computer course at some point around this point in time where we were typing messages and printing them out with like clip art. Um, But it was on some word processing program that was so primitive if you made a mistake you couldn't backspace it you had to get it right the first time (laughs) oh my god like no pressure even thinking about that makes my palms sweat now like like yeah how was computing so primitive this wasn't even like 1959 (laughs) that's bananas that's worse than a pencil and paper that's (laughs) it's much worse There's no reason to use a computer if it's going to be that shitty. Yeah. Like, did they actually just give you word processors and it wasn't a computer at all? Um, I don't, I don't know. I No, it was a computer. It was definitely a computer. Um, That's so weird. But it was... A really bad one. <laughs> I, they must have just, like, bought a really bad word processing program. I think, yeah, it probably was something like that. I think I remember going... I could do this better at home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So that's the end of the story, but I do want to draw attention to the author's note at the end. Um, Anne talks about how she enjoys writing Cokie Mason because she can do fun, evil things that the babysitters would never do. And also that Cokie Mason would never admit it, but her real name is Marguerite. (laughs) (laughs) I am delighted by this. Yes. Not a ton of fashion in this, but a little bit. Uh, our example Claudia outfit is that she wears Dayglow high top sneakers, cut up jeans, off the shoulder sweatshirts, sometimes torn, and friendship bracelets. And Claudia has made friendship bracelets for herself and Stacy. This is very representative. This is very, you know, on trend. And mm-hmm. I like it. It's also vague enough. Um, for Christy is often like, I don't know, she wears clothes and they're cool. She yeah. wears like uh, some stuff that might be, it might glow, it might be ripped. It's, <laughs> it, it's a kind of conglomeration. Some of it she made herself. You get yeah. the idea. <laughs> it's off her shoulder in some capacity. I can see body parts. Like I think Christy manages to just about be like, I don't know, like big baggy top and like don't know weird colored sneakers <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will give christy points for knowing the terms day glow and off the shoulder yeah Fair. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i will take them away for saying cut up jeans instead of cut off jeans i don't think cut up jeans is a phrase i think she means jeans with lots of rips in them maybe but i've never heard them called that no neither have i i don't think she means denim like denim cutoffs yeah. though i think she means like ripped jeans maybe which maybe. are generally called ripped jeans yes yeah. and a jumper that looks like a witch made it <laughs> christy describes her own outfit as jeans running shoes a turtleneck and a sweater because it's comfortable mm-hmm. um this is classic mm-hmm. christy 
Stacy at uh, softball practice is wearing a very distant fedora. <laughs> Milady. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy is an incel. Hey, those guys were usually wearing trilbies. That's true. Oh. I'm calling them fedoras. <laughs> very true. Oof, even worse. And yes, outfit of the book goes to the lobster suit. Of course. Uh, I certainly looked like a lobster. If lobsters were able to stand up and walk on their tails with their legs waving around in front of them, I had antennae, the proper number of legs, and even claws. The claws fitted over my hands like mittens. The other six legs were stiff with wire and were fastened to the body of a costume. We salute you, lobster costume. You are the MVP of this book. (laughs) Yeah, those lobster costumes are so good. She does know the word antennae. Yeah, and then kept calling them tentacles for the rest of the damn book. I think this lobster costume is taking some liberties with lobster physiology. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, the full description sounds, like, accurate for a lobster costume, you know. It's just that later she forgot the word antennae and kept saying tentacles instead. We'll agree to differ, because I think it has both. But it didn't describe any tentacles there in the full rundown. Fight! 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just a... Karen, you're just instigating this week. I can't fight a pregnant woman. <laughs> it's on Zoom. You can do what you gotta do. <laughs> I'll fight you in four weeks and three days. Okay. It should be postpartum. <laughs> okay, I can't fight a postpartum woman. I don't know. I like. Also, 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 that would give me a fantastic opportunity to be like, hit me there with the child in my arms. So there you go. <laughs> God damn it, I'll arm wrestle you in six months. How's right, that? Cool. I'll start doing push-ups after I recover from birth. Wonderful. <laughs> That's all I ask, guys. <laughs> Is that we do push-ups in six months? It can be your Christmas present. I, I just asked for you to okay. fight. That's all. We can get together and we can even arm wrestle for your entertainment. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, I'll hopefully be living in Dublin by then. So, you know, you could just pop over. We'll, we'll organize it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> And we'll put it on the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Or the OnlyFans. <laughs> Depending Boy. how sexy the arm wrestling turns out. All arm wrestling is incredibly sexy by default. Don't worry. We've got this. I'm just going to be on the on the sidelines going, fight, fight, fight. I don't want to. That works. Someone's got to sell the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. And someone has to commentate. You have to be like... Delivering a blow-by-blow analysis of our moves. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so bad. Okay. Yeah, get into training. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just can't get off the image of the two of us. Arm wrestling. <laughs> well, Karen adjudicates. You both win. <laughs> I can't choose a winner. You each get a bag of multi-eaters. Yay! I mean, I would arm wrestle. That's not how arm wrestling works. You don't choose a winner. Someone wins. <laughs> but if there is a bag of Maltesers in it for me, I'm far more likely to actually do this. You, you both tried so hard. And this is what happens whenever I pit my students against each other. Because I have no, <laughs> I have no spine whatsoever and I can't choose a winner. <laughs> Everyone wins. You all get sweets. Yes. Aw, that's adorable. <laughs> That's very sweet, but you'll never make it in the field of professional sports, Karen. No, I definitely won't. <laughs> and by sports, I mean arm wrestling. <laughs> I know sport. Oh my god, can we wrap this book up? <laughs> okay, fine. That's the book. 
Uh, in our next episode, we will be discussing book number 39, Poor Mallory! Exclamation mark. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on the social. We are on Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr as the podcast at Dawn's House. And we are on Twitter as at podcast Dawn. You can send us an email at the podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com. And please rate and review. Give us five stars in your favorite podcast app and tell all your friends about us because it makes us very happy when that happens. Um, and in conclusion, all I can say is when in doubt, dress as a lobster. <laughs> <laughs>